Welcome one and all to another episode of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavisions Magazine. I'm Chris, the editor of Megavisions, and joining me this week is Sketchcraft. Hey, what's up, everybody? We have Scotty. Whole lot of goblins. And we also have Morrison with us. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Man, it's it's been it's it's awesome to have everyone back here. It seems like it's been a long time since we've had the whole gang back together again. We've had like the Dreamcast Marathon, we've had all these sideshow episodes. It's good to finally like be back together again, isn't it, fellas? Yeah, it is. And all the errors and stuff, you know, it's very nostalgic. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be part of my uh, what I've been playing, don't worry. (laughs) Unfortunately, we're recording too late for Graham. He's in that weird futuristic place known as, as England where they're like they are ahead of us in time. So I think it's like two, one or one or two o'clock in the morning for, for Graham over there. So fortunately can't make it, but uh, we'll get him back again very soon. But why don't we talk about like, what's the latest goings on in issue nine of, of mega visions. Uh, Rob, I know that you've been uh, turning out articles like a madman. Uh, what's the latest goings on with you in regards to issue nine? Uh, I just did a piece of key art for the magazine. We're going to do a piece in the magazine on uh, Wolverblade. It's an indie game available on Switch and all other platforms. And it's part of our Neo Retro feature where typically in Neo Retro we show a modern game and then a retro game that's sort of uh, either predated or influenced in some direct or indirect way. And in this case it'll probably be Golden Axe. So I did a piece of key art for Wolverblade, which for me was nice because I was actually commissioned to draw the cutscenes for that game about five years ago. Um, But I turned it down because uh, I was dumb. Now, I had a lot of stuff going on, (laughs) so I was like, I didn't want to like put the project behind production you know like if something happened on my end um and it's cool because uh red j john sum navira he did all the cutscenes and they came out fantastic uh, so it was nice to be able to actually put my spin on the characters and draw them a little bit more my way versus just a uh, typical way they're drawn in game and i'll get that colored up dropped in and wrap up that layout this week and then i have to design two new layouts which aren't going to be that hard and then the cover story, and we're done. So nice. I was actually able to uh, to interview uh, Michael, who was the creator of Wolverblade uh, a, a few weeks back, and we had this awesome conversation. I mean, obviously, we talked a lot about Wolverblade, but he's a, a huge collector of retro games, and I always love talking to people uh, about collecting retro games and just hearing their kind of personal stories of you know their childhood and and what retro games mean to them it was just really interesting uh because obviously he's uh from uh the uk and so he has this like whole different type of childhood as it relates to you know like retro gaming and old school gaming because you know they uh they grew up with all these other consoles that than we had zx spectrum Right, the ZX, <laughs> whatever they Saberwolf. Right, uh, and it's just really interesting to to hear them talk about like their affinity for these games because it's stuff that we never even had over here. So 
Um, I love hearing about it. Um, but man, I had a, a really good conversation with him. I would love to be able to talk to him again. Hopefully one of these days our paths cross again because man, we talked for probably about an hour and a half and you know, maybe 45 to an hour's worth of time was devoted just kind of the interview portion. And the other was just like us just kind of talking um, about video games and, you know, all these different things and not even video games. We talked about like movies and all this other stuff. It was awesome. I had a really good time with him. Uh, and I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting because we, I don't know how much, you know, room we're going to have in the magazine to put that interview in, but we'll take the choice notes of that. Um, and maybe, maybe we'll find a way to, to kind of uh, share, the, the entirety of the interview with our patrons or something. Um, Digital. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could, you know, maybe post it as like a Patreon update or something. But I, man, that guy, he's a really cool dude. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that one of these days he's able to uh, to make a sequel to Wolverblade because he's like so passionate um, about that game, but also about like history. You know, he's like a super, super fan of just uh, like European and UK history, uh, which is one of the, the you know the main reasons why he ended up making Wolfblade. So um, that it, it just made you want to go back and play it again. You know, like it just it gave me that like inspiration. I was like, man, this guy's like so you know like in love with this game, and and he, you know he's so proud of this game he created. It just makes you want to go back and play it all over again. Yeah, it stressed me out drawing the piece because I'm like, ah, oh, this shit's historical and. What if I put a rivet on the sword and rivets weren't invented and whatever the freaking game take place? <laughs> It'll be like, you can't put the braid on her because they didn't have those braids until the 12th century. And I'm like, God, I just thought it looked good, man. You know? <laughs> it just looks cool, dude. Just chill yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the yeah. best guy for historical art. You know, like I'll, I want my history. My history would look like um, Capcom's Dungeons and Dragons. You know, like, like that's it would look like that. So. But it would look awesome, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, it would look awesome. <laughs> um, I've actually been working a lot this weekend on d- dropping in text layout for uh, a lot of the uh, the different articles that uh, you've already got kind of uh, the design phase done. So um, I guess it would be interesting to maybe interesting for people listening to kind of talk about, like, how we do the process of, you know, from from you, Rob, and the other designers, how you take the design and then kind of push it over to me and Graham to do the text layout. Like you guys are basically working everything on the page other than the text, right? Yeah. So how it is now is you and I develop a flat plan and you go back to the writers. Everyone agrees what they're going to write. And then immediately myself and Jess start uh, capturing data, screens and, and gameplay footage and stuff. And then I've had Jess, she's working months ahead of time. So she's dropping all the screens in um, per layout. So I'll call out the layouts. I have like eight or nine different layouts already made, templates. And I'll be like, that's layout A, layout B, C, whatever. And so she picks the screens based on that. And then those get sent to me. And then um, I either use it as is or flip certain screens out. Sometimes, you know, artistically, I'm like, that shit sucks, you know? <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll fix it. And then I go and do a ton of color corrections and airbrushing, make it look all retro, and I add glows. And It's not really the way the games look so much as the way, you know, they, you remember them looking, you know, kind of thing. I make it all artistic. Uh, and then to give you guys an advance 
to edit the text, uh, I'll start posting those layouts up for you guys to do that. Uh, sometimes the graphics are done, sometimes they're not. So if they're not done, then you got like a file that's five megabytes. And if they are done, they're like 200. And then we just sort of send the graphics as they get complete. Like this week, Angelos did a piece of art for us. He's um, a new artist we brought on to do some custom art for the mag. And he's doing a Sakura versus Venom. And so uh, he's a dope artist. And that piece came out really nice. So I'm going to drop that in that Marvel versus Capcom 2 layout. And then that's all done. And uh, I think moving forward, the goal is... Like with issue 10 is Jess will drop in screens for her layouts. Then you will probably be able to drop in screens as well. Uh, and double that effort. So it'll get done faster. Yeah. And then I got to yeah. teach you, I got to teach you how to make retro layouts. So you're going to get a chance to do all that airbrushing and <laughs> your hands stuff. dirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're, you're going to want to talk about it a lot. Cause you're like, this shit's hard. I should talk about it more often. And everyone's going to be like, we don't fucking want to hear talking about magazine layouts until you do it. Then you're like, I got to tell everyone how fucking hard it is. Like, like, Complain for like an hour. It's crazy because once this happens, like I'm going to be doing a little bit of everything in the magazine. Like I'm going to be uh, still the primary like copy editor and just editor of the magazine. I'm going to be writing, going to be doing interviews, um, going to be doing layouts, learning, you know, stuff from, from, from Sketchcraft. It's going to be insane. Uh, but I'm, so excited about it because I can finally devote my full-time attention to Megavisions. Um, and it's something that I've been wanting to do for so many years, just to be able to devote all of my, you know, free time to, to this uh, project that we have. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to continue to learn and, and build like new, uh, you know, like uh, skills and everything. I can't wait. Really looking forward to it, um, but yeah, like I was saying before, I has I've been busy. I, I spent most of my Saturday working on like dropping in text for all of the um, the layouts that uh, are ready to go. I think we still have like a couple more um, that are available that I still need to drop in text for. But um, it's it, we're we're doing a really good job, and so I think we're on track for. Uh, you know, like being able to get this whole thing done here in the next few weeks, I'm hoping, and uh, and then get it shipped off to the printer. So we don't have a firm, uh, you know, ship date or anything like that yet, but no, we're that's, getting close. That's partly my fault. I just got a lot of stuff going right now, so my production in September wasn't as as hardy as I would like it to be. Um, but it is getting knocked out, nonetheless. I'm looking forward to doing less work on the next issue. So, <laughs> like, uh, I've always dreamt that one day I would be able to train people to make these game magazines and then I never have to do it again. Like, you know, like uh, Smeagol, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Never have to do it again. So, uh, and now is my chance. I get to treat you and Graham and Jess and, ah, it's going to be so wonderful then I can just never do it again. So like, I know it sounds. You say that now. You hmm? say that now, but then you're going to get the itch again at one time. But you're never going to do it doing again. It wrong. <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. What'd you say, Marzen? Said you're probably going to tell them they're doing it wrong, and you're going to want to fix it. No, no or do no, you not care no, at that point? No. Then then we're going to have a magazine that looks dumb. 
and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's you know, what? as long as I'm not doing it anymore, that's fine. It's fine, but the covers will look great. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, still, all you have to do is the covers at this point. Yeah, I'm still drawing the cover. And what's cool, though, too, guys, is not to be like, oh, I never want to do game layout. It's just there are things that, like, I like this piece of key art for Wolverbray. I would like to do a couple more keys. Of, like, it'd be cool to do some color pencil piece of art for, like, a Predator thing when we do something. Or, like, uh, what in this issue we have... Like we had Glay Lancer, and it would have been fun for me to do a piece of key art for that, but I I don't have the opportunity. There's just no time, you know. So, um, it just means that I can spend my time just saying, "Hey guys, I got this cool piece of art I did too that can go in here, and this piece of art can go in there," and that that just means that magazine will look more and more artistic and less and less technical, you know. And and as you, Chris, learn color theory and how to pair up colors and how to airbrush and stuff, then you're going to be able to go to the, like these too many games conventions and talk all kinds of mad shit to the other game magazines that don't know how to do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because very quickly you're going to find that, oh, people don't do anything like this, you know? Um, but it is, what's what I'm excited though too is, you know, in 2003 and four, I couldn't teach nobody nothing. I remember trying to teach a girlfriend of mine how to do something in Photoshop and she broke up with me. <laughs> that that, that an hour later. Yeah, yeah, I was a total dick. Like <laughs> I did not have the proper like I'd be like, I'm gonna teach you how to be an artist. Just did not go well. So um now I feel like I'm very uh supportive and encouraging and I know all the 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 trouble spots, you know what I mean? So like that's just not gonna happen. You know, and this was always the goal too when I first took over was to make templates that then can be used to make the magazine we know and love. the The real problem will be whether Graham will do anything. I say I love the guy, but sometimes you guys, you know what I mean. Graham goes off in Graham world, and it's like I did my own thing. It's like that's not gonna work. So, He's a rogue, man. Yeah, he needs to learn to be more of a team player. As soon as he gets done gashing his, Graham gashed his head apparently shaving, and it all gave us like. Wiggies, what's the word? <laughs> like when you see something, you like your phone. Heebie-jeebies. Yeah, your phone flies out your hand because you're disgusted. <laughs> yeah, Graham sent us a. Uh, Gra- <laughs> Today, Graham sent us a, a picture just out of nowhere in our uh, Facebook group chat of his head and just like a uh, lots of blood just streaming from it. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? Check happened? out my open like, wound. Yeah, he like, should have been like, "I went to really rugby. bad happened to him." Yeah, he should have been like, I went to rugby. You know, I'm a rugby player. But he's like, nope, shaved. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, he nicked his, <laughs> nicked his head shaving in the shower. In the, I, I didn't even, my introduction to the conversation was just Marcin saying, all the, this is all that popped up on my phone. Ouch, I felt that through my phone. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> just Graham cut himself shaving. But uh, anyways, so it's going to be super nice. And I, I feel pretty confident that production will become just pretty pretty normal there might be a little delay on the first issue but we're starting so well in advance um like december no we never work on the magazine because i i you know i refuse for anyone to be working on the magazine on december but this december chris gets to work on the magazine so you will get like a looking forward to that four week lead time i don't take any time off i'll tell you that that's true. I've <laughs> I've seen how like God. Remember, remember Marson when we were over there and Scotty when we were over there and how much shit 
that guy was doing and we were like yeah we don't have kids and a wife <laughs> yeah seriously six of them Ooh. well you gotta understand like not only was were we dealing with kids and guests but we had a goddamn flood in our front yard the entire time so it was a, a little bit going on in general like i feel like i've told you this before always i'm like you have six kids you have a wife you you, you have your air force job and you're working on a magazine on the side and somehow you have time to balance all of it you know so like i don't know how you do it <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, was, I was talking to someone the other day and i feel like i haven't been able to balance it all though like i feel like i've been with my with my Air Force career and also like Sega Nerd slash Mega Visions, like I feel like both of them have been pulling on me, like my attention either like way. Like something like, suffers, basically. Right. Like so I feel like I haven't been able to give my all in either one of these mm. like things. Like the Air Force is a thing that I've always done to be able to take care of my family. And I I I've loved aspects of the Air Force. But my real passion has always been Sega Nerds and Mega Visions. And it's what I've always wanted to be able to focus all of my attention on. But I couldn't do that because obviously I can't, you know, take care of my family on the, the you know, the, the amount of money that, that those two things bring in. When I can finally retire from the Air Force, which is coming here very quickly, like I feel like now is the time where I can finally focus all of my time and attention on mega visions and i'm so excited to be able to do that and i i just feel like i can finally achieve all the all the things that i've envisioned in mega visions uh when i when i can do that and i'm i'm really looking forward to i i think um this next year 2020 is going to be such a big year for mega visions i think we're going to finally be able to take like that next step in all aspects of it because we have such a, you know, like not only just the magazine, but we have website, but we also have um, like Twitch and the streaming stuff. Like it's it's a lot of different things that we have going on all the time. And we have so many different people kind of working on all these different aspects of it. Uh, right. And it's 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 become this like huge, you know, thing that it's it's really hard to kind of manage if you're not doing it eight hours a day or 10 hour, 12 hours a day. You know, you right. can't do it just a couple hours and, 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 you know, kind of forget about it because it, it requires a lot of attention. And I'm really looking forward to finally being able to give it the attention that it deserves and requires to make every aspect of it uh, top notch and what it deserves and you know, kind of what our readers and fans deserve as well. You know, I think also what helps you do well with Megavisions or do anything with Megavisions, and I relate this to myself, is you have so much going on that you can keep up with every little thing. I know that sometimes if I don't have three things or three jobs in my life, then I kind of become lazy. Uh, Or it even comes down to just a slow day at work. Like if you're waiting for everybody else to give something to you that you have to continue somehow, but you can't do anything, you get home from work and like you did nothing. So you don't feel like you feel like continuing to do nothing. Whereas if you had a crazy day, you get home and you're like, I'm still, I'm still wired. I got to get something done. Cause I can't relax right now. Let's do some work, you know? Yeah. So if anyone ever runs into ki- Chris's kids at conventions, just thank them for being little pieces of shit and driving, <laughs> driving them crazy. I just love how, how that the whole place flooded 
And I slept in, and your kid goes, you sleep a long time. And I'm like, because I don't have kids. <laughs> and I took the room, so yay. <laughs> yeah, I was up at like 5.30 this morning and uh, could not go back to bed. So I think that's like your standard, though, is like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I was, Saturday, I slept till 7, which is like really late for oh, me. Boy. It's weird. But yeah, yeah. and then I, I, I followed that up with like a 5.30 wake up. And I'm like, God damn it. I just, whatever. <laughs> so, and then Odin woke up with me too. You know, he, he heard me getting up and he came down. And I thought I was going to be able to go downstairs and like just kind of chill out this morning. But he's like, oh, dad, you're up. He's like, I want to come down with you. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And so we end up watching like... uh like fail army animal videos for the next hour. And I was like, okay, well, this is my life. Yeah. That's also why dads get up early. It's so they can have their own time. <laughs> exactly. So, um, all right, well, let's get into what we've been playing. Uh, instead of talking about all this dad stuff, um, Scotty, I know you've been up to a lot this week. Holy hell. Let's, let's talk about what you've been playing though. Yeah. So, uh, went to a little convention today, a little Living Dead weekend thing up in Evan City, where they do this thing for uh, the one of the anniversaries of one of the Night of the Living Dead movies or whichever. But as we're leaving, um, I don't know if you guys have ever encountered the little boxes that are like a free library thing, where you like take a book, leave a book. Have you guys ever encountered those at all? Like in a no, small town, maybe or not something? a book thing. I've seen the penny thing, but not the book thing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen those. I know what you're talking about. Okay, I've never encountered those, and and my girlfriend Rachel found it, and she's been uh, reading a lot lately. A lot lately, she's going through like a book a week or a book every other week. Um, she's like, oh, maybe I can find a new book, and we open it up, and we find not a book, but the CD, which. I'm going to send you guys the picture in the Facebook group real quick of the cover. Uh, and I'll send you the back of it because it's the uh, local artist, weird Gilly with his hit release unlimited creatures. And it's this dude in a rain jacket standing on front, uh, holding up a pot marijuana. Leaf. Yeah. What the and- <laughs> is that pizza. Like, what, is, what is, what is that? A goblin? Like what is Hell this? Yeah. Let me read you the track listings, and I just want to give give everyone a taste of why we definitely walked away with the CD that was in shrink wrap in this free library box. Track listing, I'll go through it real quick, and we don't have to talk about this at all anymore. Number one, (laughs) whole lot of goblins. Number two, I sing to UFOs. Track three, you might be a dentist, but that's not my mouth. Track four, weed (laughs) creatures. Track five, Lightning Man and the Thunder Brothers. Track six, Spooge Man. Track seven, I always feel like somebody's hating me. Track eight, say it to my face. Track nine, Huckleberry Scrupulous. Track 10, Drinking White Claw. Track 11, I'm on break. Track 12, Tony Pizza. Track 13, Troll Under My Bed. Track 14, I Found Love in the Shadow Realm. Track 15, (laughs) Don't Tinkle on Me and Call It Rain. Track 16, Unlimited Creatures. Uh, it's horrible, and I'm gonna send this to Jimmy Fallon where he does his his um his break where it's uh don't listen to this or whatever where they play what people think are fake artists. We can't find any information on this guy though. No, there's no like booking or social media things on his CD anywhere. There's not even a year or a copyright. I don't fucking know. Maybe you have the only CD in existence. We might. The song I Always Feel Like Somebody's Hating Me is just the song I Always Feel Like Somebody's Watching Me with the word hating replaced. Like, oh, are there lyrics or is it, or is it? It's lyrics. Some of them, they're sort of sung. But this guy's clearly a drummer that just has a Casio sitting around and talks to his <laughs> microphone. Holy shit. So other than that, um, 
The Dreamcast Dreamless 24-Hour Marathon killed my Elgato streaming device, everybody. Hooray! Ooh. A worthy sacrifice. Uh, yeah, I've not been able to successfully stream since the marathon because there's been hiccups that I guess my uh, my um, form of the Elgato deals with over time, like long periods of time, like something just aging. It like has hiccups, doesn't display set, doesn't display sound, doesn't um, output sound, or it. I can't stream for any more than twenty minutes at a time. It seems uh, it's really fun. Um, so I have an outdated one because it has a composite input so that I can use retro consoles on. So I have that because I got it right after I built my whole computer. So I was kind of skimping on cash at that point. Um, so I went, went with, uh, cheap, um, cheap options. And so unfortunately now I'm going to have to have to actually upgrade and get like actual working better stuff. Cause I, I'm doing some real just like redneck rigging stuff to make my setup work <laughs> hold um, on that that should be a youtube series it redneck, could be redneck uh, rigging where it's all like duct tape <laughs> and electrical you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like red green but doing like live streaming stuff <laughs> yeah. i don't yeah, know for if you some reason i'm red green am i am i am i dating myself here a little bit um, green i well I haven't heard of it. So Red Green was this guy like back in the day. He was Canadian, but he like lived on a farm and he like was just kind of like a handyman. But he was kind of a redneck, but he was Canadian, so it was funny. It was he was great, man. I, I used to watch him on like PBS when I was a kid. He, he was, was like awesome. the Canadian oh. Ernest. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But not as slapstick, but like he was like home improvement a little bit. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, oh, so many things the have Canadian ripped this off. home improvement guy. Yeah, didn't um, either Conan or some late night host did like redneck repairs or something, which is literally what this guy does. Um, That's Red Green's shtick. Right, yeah. No, I mean, I'm looking at his outfit of like uh, flannel and mismatched suspenders and a um, (laughs) kind of a fishing hat thing. People have definitely paid homage to that. Um, What the hell are we talking about? Uh, Oh, yeah, all my shit's broken. Uh, So (laughs) fuck all that. I'm not going to be streaming for a while. Thank God we've got Tornado Jones now and uh, and the Scrubverse peoples to help us out. Um, if people are more interested in like what I'm going to be doing to upgrade, I can do that on a sidecast or like do a video maybe or something. Because let's just say it's adding up a little bit, and we're just going to take our time. Uh, I'll still be on the Thursday night throwdowns and stuff, but yeah, that kind of sucks. So, uh, but you asked me what I've been playing. <laughs> Um, so I got the, uh, I've started to call it the mega gen mini so that all the Brits are happy and everybody else is happy too with the mega drive and the Sega Genesis mini, um, played that a little bit, was really happy with just the layout. And I did a parody unboxing that, um, people can find on my side page. I'll, I'll maybe do a quick link to that in the description or something. I made fun of like the SNES versus, uh, Genesis, the two TVs side by side, but, I like the layout. We'll probably talk about it more. Um, played a little bit of uh, a little bit of stuff I hadn't played before. Like I tried the Tetris game, which is weird. Um, I tried stuff to make like compare it to how it is. People are saying there's lag in the music. I didn't really notice it, but I wasn't really listening for it either. Um, but it feels good just to like have stuff plugged into HD. It doesn't look like fuzzy and goopy and crappy. Um, my only solid complaint is the D-pad is a little floaty or sometimes too sensitive on the controllers it comes with. Um, but also the, it, it comes with two USB, uh, Genesis three button controllers. I plugged it into my computer, used it just fine. Um, playing other stuff like it, it read just fine. It worked just fine. Um, 
So I haven't played a whole lot of it, but it's just because I've been trying to deal with technical mayhem so much. I haven't been able to really sit down with the Gen Mini, but I really like the packaging, the box, like 42 games is a crazy good deal. I want to sit down and play the stuff that I've never touched before, like the Star Lancer or whatever it was and all the RPGs that I'll never be able to afford. But uh, uh, and the coolest thing, Dreamcast game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying words. But um, <laughs> the uh, the coolest thing, and even um, Rachel thought this was cool. She's not into video games, but I showed her how, like, if you switch the language over to Japanese, it changes all the box art. I, I love that little stuff. Like, Poyo Poyo, or Dr. Bunnick's Mean Bean Machine becomes Poyo Poyo. Uh, you just get to see the cool Japanese art, um, or the PAL art, in a lot of cases, too. Um, so I like the layout. The game seemed to play well and uh i'm digging it so far otherwise i've been playing like duke nukem world tour just to feel like i know how to play video games that's me though good stuff yeah we're definitely going to talk about some more um mini mega gen drive talk later in the show uh sketch what have you been up to what we should just call this like sketch traps vr chat because we know what he's going to talk about. Yeah, the VR hour, the VR, the VR hour. But I like it though because now that like we have a, an Oculus Quest, like this is like my time where I can get Sketch to tell me about like what games I should be playing. Because I don't know, I'm still so new to this Oculus Quest game, and and Sketches are are kind of seasoned veteran when it comes to VR. But I've been killing ninjas, guys. Wow, it's ninjas. Beat my uh, high school. <laughs> so I like to play the novice levels because um, you, 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 I can, I can go longer. Uh, my, I think right now in this novice, I this novice level, I have the number one worldwide ranking with like, how much was it? it was one hundred and ninety nine ninjas, uh, and then I beat it the other night with two hundred fifty four, and then I fell down, covered in sweat, and just. Yeah, it, it was a hell of a work. I, at some point, you just start talking. I have the soundtrack to Haikyuu, the anime playing, so it's all super motivational. I start talking mad shit to the ninjas. I'm like, come on, motherfuckers, come on, come on, come on. Like, my, my neighbors, it's they're just like this guy, man, with the ninjas, you know? But it's awesome. I, I play with the giant Wolverine claws, so I feel like I'm Weapon X. I do the Berserker, Berserker, Berserker Barrage. Nice. Berserker Barrage over and over again. Super awesome. And it's 360 degree ninja fun um beat saber got updated not too long ago that's been cool they got a bunch of new songs and custom saber colors now which is dope and then they got uh so i like to do purple and gold because it's my game cave colors um that's been fun and then they're adding 360 degree arenas soon uh with that and then sometime in the next uh they're gonna be adding 360 degree arenas in beat saber that's insane yeah it's gonna be insane because basically the way Beat Saber works is like you're just kind of on a linear plane yeah. and you're just like like shit's flying at you. Like I don't understand how a three hundred and sixty degree You just start to make them gonna... move left and left and then right and you just start turning around with it. Holy can crap. Can I ask a that, question? That, that could be crazy. Um <laughs> can I ask a question about the ninja game before you get too far from it? Sure. Does that have any like competitive multiplayer or are you just doing high score stuff? Uh, it has like some form of multiplayer, but since I don't do any of that, I can't tell you what it's like. I'm just trying to fathom how that would even work, but yeah, sorry. Keep going. Um, well, I mean, if you're back to back, you're not fighting one another, but you're like, oh. you know, playing against, you know, if it's playing against a computer, then yeah, it can still work. 
yeah, like uh, a horde co-op. Multiplayer horde, sounds yeah. like it'd be fun though. Multi, yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I just I hate people. So uh, <laughs> we don't want to talk to people now. Like we don't want to talk to them. We just want to fight them. Like let's not talk. No, I don't even want to fight. Like them, an interpersonal man. communication here. No, they'll just stand no interaction there, like, whatsoever. They'll stand there like doing jerking off motions with their fucking swords and oh, shit. God. You know what I mean? Like they'll hump fucking ninjas, and I just. You know that people just ruin shit for like I don't I'm you know if you Sounds guys watch hilarious. you guys watch Sword Art I, I'm you know I'm a solo player you know like I'm not yeah I've seen that. Sword Art yep yeah. mm-hmm. they call it a beta but that just sounds a little phallic yeah yeah <laughs> um and then Vader Immortal episode two came out I haven't played it yet but that's only because I've got a little few deadlines and then I'm gonna go in there and throw down with that cannot wait saw the trailer. Super awesome! Finally, get force powers and shit. It's gonna be dope. But it looks like it's got some graphical upgrades, so that's cool. And then Oculus Six was this week, and they announced some pretty cool stuff. So one, um, Oculus Go support is gonna happen soon. So a lot of the games that are already been on the Oculus Go platform uh, are gonna end up in the Oculus Quest Store, which is gonna be that's like they said fifty games right off the bat. And they gave once they gave now most of those games are. three off not six degrees of freedom but like three degrees of freedom which means when you lean forward it doesn't really lean forward but they they carmack was saying john carmack the lead technical developer said that when they gave these games quest support they automatically got six off support like it just magically worked he's like that's crazy like we don't know how that happened so um that's gonna be awesome and then also they're adding rift support so you'll be able to plug in your quest to your PC via USB-C cable, and then you can go on to Steam and whatever the store and play Rift games like No Man's Sky, Resident Evil, all that stuff off your PC, um, which is great. And then they also showed off hand tracking. They actually had a demo working where you can do without controllers. You can actually just use your hands. And they'll say that supports uh, both hands, one hand and a controller, whatever in the future that'll be awesome for games like star Wars, where you want to flip switches and grab dials and stuff like that. Or even games like chess would be greater, obviously beat saber and boxing and things like that would be awesome. So, so it's a really exciting time. It's, I told you, it's like the, it's the game console that has snuck up on everybody. And it's one of those things where you, Chris, you've, you understand this. You can't describe the games to people. Like they kind of have to play it. It is an experience for sure. Yeah, you have to play it. So, um, but I've been playing the ninjas and the pinball. So, pinball effects is in there, and I, I, haven't, like, I haven't played any pinball games. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's a little overpriced, um, honestly, uh, but it's really great because the tables are super animated, like fire effects and things happen. Like, there's they got a game called Castle Storm, and like a dragon flies around you while you're playing, and I'm like. Are I wish... these based on actual tables, or are they just uh, like, yeah, they actually like original? They make them up. Yeah, they're making. But what's great about it is they're they're just way more animated than actual tables ever could be. And because it's in VR, you can just lean in and check all the fucking shit out, dude. It's so awesome. Like, so you can actually have characters running around on the table, and you know, like plowing them down with a pinball and, and cannons blow and blow off, and then guys with like arrows come out and shoot at the ball and shit like that. So. Like I'm just saying things that could never be done in real life on a pinball table right. in VR. So that's fun. Nice. Good stuff. Marson, 
I don't even oh. know if I should ask you, but well, you know, the only reason Marson's <laughs> here is because something Shenmue related happened. <laughs> I just popped up out of nowhere. That's the only and reason we asked Marson to come on the show. Like Mariah Carey at Christmas time. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God. uh, yeah, so Shenmue 3, <laughs> the demo came out on uh, Friday, and I got a chance to play it because I put in a shit ton of cash on the Kickstarter, and one of the perks was to get a trial uh, version before the game comes out uh, in November. I got a chance to play that, and I was uh, thoroughly satisfied and impressed with the game. Um, Don't talk too much about it, because we're going to talk about it later on. But here, right. I, I want to say this. With, with all the other delays and all the other bullshit that's kind of gone on with this Kickstarter... How worried were you that you were actually going to be able to get this demo ahead of time? I, like you, had honestly, to, you had to have thought at some point, there's not going to be a fucking demo. This oh, yeah. Like, I, 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 did, I didn't think there was going to be a demo, actually. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, like the game's coming out in like two months. There's no way they're going to release a demo. Like, and we're still going to be you know, like kissing you know, like his ass. Like they're, everyone's going to love it, no matter what, if you even get the demo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I, I definitely <laughs> had, the, had the perception that there wasn't going to be a demo. Um, so when they announced earlier this month that they said, oh yeah, the trial version comes out in the second half of September, I was like, whoa, okay, they're actually doing this. So I was, I was excited to play it. And I know some people didn't want to play it cause they want to go in, you know, with fresh eyes and whatnot, but I was like, fuck it. I want to <laughs> you know, play it right now. I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, I got a chance to play it. Uh, I did write up my impressions of it on, the Mega Visions website, so if people want to check that out, they could. Uh, and I also bought Link's Awakening the week before that, and am currently playing through that on my Switch. Oh man, I, I I'm really also really want enjoying to play that. this game so bad. Uh, how how good is it? And with three or Link's Awakening, <laughs> Link's Awakening, uh, Link's Awakening is really good. I mean, it, it is uh, you know a like a a, a shot for shot basically remake with. Maybe one extra edition of uh, like this dungeon building, but it's not as fleshed out as you would want it to be. It's nowhere near a Super Mario Maker, um, but it, it's a nice you know addition to it. But I mean, it's great. Like if you enjoyed Link's Awakening, playing the Game Boy Color, then you're, you're definitely gonna enjoy. You know this game. There's there's a you know visual improvements. Obviously, the story is is the same. Um, they didn't add any kind of you know additional wrinkles to it, so to speak. They even have you know the same things that the original game had, so you can steal from the shop owner. And if you go back in, he is going to kill you. Oh, and doesn't he, he call steal you like a bow or whatever? Thief the rest of the game or something. He doesn't call you thief, but uh, when you exit the the shop, they basically said, "Oh, so you stole like a bow and arrow? You know, how, how do you feel, or something like that?" Then when you walk in, he will kill you, but you still keep the item. So, uh, no harm, no foul. Really good. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I'm like nine hundred rupees for a bow and arrow. Fuck this, I'm stealing it. So yeah, but it's really good, and I love the aesthetic and the way they actually. You know, look, it looks like a Game Boy Color game, but in 3D. Um, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. 
It looks amazing. Like it almost looks like um, toys come to life in a way. Yeah, it, it has that aesthetic. It's like a glossy claymation almost type of you know look to it. It looks really good. Yeah, like I would love this visual um, like style because it it like I would love to see more games in this kind of like style, kind of like how we had cell shading for a while. Like there was all these different types of games that were all cell shaded. Across all the different genres, but like I would like to see more games kind of like this. Like it looks so cool. I assure um, you that look will get knocked off by every Chinese <laughs> mobile app within three months. Oh, right! Sure. All these indie games are going to yeah. look like this uh, like in the next six months, right? I, I, without a doubt, <laughs> trends catch on, and then people take advantage of it, and then adapt. Nintendo it does something, way. and everyone else follows suit, right? And people are trying to say, "Looks like Funko Pops," and I say, "Fuck them," because those things are hideous. These, this is yeah, this isn't a Funko Pop. They don't have small bodies and big heads with giant black eyes. So, not the same. Giant uh, black guys. So. I, I will disagree, though, in that the Mysterio Funko Pop is pretty dope. <laughs> oh well but okay yeah i should clarify the ones that where you don't have to look at their eyes then they look kind of okay like that one <laughs> but yeah i think i enjoy i, I did, did anyone else here play Link's awakening yet or i uh never played it as a kid other than borrowing my buddy's game boy and like putting maybe a day or two into it so i've never mm-hmm. really fully experienced it so if i do i don't have a switch yet though so it'll it'll be up there i have a problem paying 60 dollars for that but that's me but someday i'll play this remake because i figure that'll be more easier to that'll be easier to get into than the old one yeah that's true i mean i played the the Link's awakening dx version so the one on game boy color i don't yeah. think i played the original one but yeah i did i don't think i got beyond the uh, dungeon in that game, so I'm planning on beating this one. That's for sure. And I'm already at a uh, past the fourth one, so <laughs> well on track. Very nice. Let's talk about what we've been watching now. So we talked about what we've been playing. Let's talk about what we've been watching this week. Um, anyone been watching anything good, Scotty? You led us into the last one. Why don't you lead us into this one as well? Oh, what sure. This week, um, we saw it, Chapter Two. Nice. Um, it's not scary really at all <laughs> um but i don't know maybe rachel and i being horror fans maybe we just are like numb to this but stuff that people were like jumping at we were laughing at and i don't know if they were it was supposed to be funny scenes or not um but uh it was still good like it was entertaining i i'm not at all saying it was a bad movie i still dug it um i thought it if it it felt Less cohesive than the first one, but it was still enjoyable. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I dug it overall. It's long, so get ready, like get comfortable. Um, but it was cool, and I still miss practical effects. I'll still take them over CG any day, but it's still a fun. It's a good, a really solid cast that they had. That's for what I was going to say. The, the casting of the adults uh, in relation to the kids was amazing like it, w- it was so 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 good like some of them you would think that like this is that kid grown up right like it's yeah it, it looks exactly like him yeah the casting for chapter two i mean like the 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 acting and all that there's no comparison to like the miniseries that came out in the early <laughs> 90s like there's oh, night and day so yeah i mean it's an absolute upgrade i do agree it wasn't that scary 
Um, it was kind of drawn out or it felt long, uh, and especially in the middle when they were all trying to get their own, you know, yeah. um, uh, items, you know, that, that kind of, but I mean, like it's like, it's the book is it like, like a video game the Bible, but the book is the size of the Bible. So I understand you have to kind of fit in these things to, you know, stay faithful to it without, you know, losing any of the idea behind it. But I agree with that um there were there were certain scenes where it was like is this supposed to be like a comedy scene or are you supposed to be scared yeah from it like the one with the with the when he got stabbed in the face oh right yeah and then he stabbed cheek, him i'm like yeah. am i supposed to laugh i'm not sure and then even like it, also him that character too when he went down in the basement yep. and there's that zombie thing and then the music played but there was like I this don't. weird like sudden like pause and never brought up again. Like I, I feel like yeah, they they were doing something in post where they're like, eh, maybe this. They wanted it to be scary, and then they're like, eh, it's not that scary. Let's throw in like you know that that song to make it you know like a joke. Well, we were so weird. At that point, did that really happen in real life? Like this, the the uh, the the basement of the pharmacy was that? Did that actually happen with his mom? Um, was that just like no, something that he was I don't think imagining? So. I'm pretty sure all of that was just all over him. He had that uh, that that goop on him though, and and the other um, character oh, saw when he walked goop, huh? past them. I don't know. It was a leper throwing up on him. So and yeah, that like I can't I can't even remember the song that was playing, but it was like some like feel good love song that didn't make any sense. And it, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I died laughing. That was like one of my favorite parts. It, it felt was just as, so out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it ended just, so like, briefly. The, uh, like it wasn't even throughout the whole like scene. Like it right. just played for a little bit. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Did someone like <laughs> trip on the audio button or something? You know? Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, someone was on edibles or something. It reminded yeah. me of the scene in the first film with the new kids on the block poster. Do you guys remember that? Yes. Yeah. That was our favorite part, and it made no <laughs> sense. It was never brought up again. That's what happened in this movie with that. <laughs> Um, oh, actually, no, my favorite part, uh, I don't know if this is spoilers. It's wait, the, Okay, I'll say it so it's not spoilers. My favorite Probably part... It's been spoilers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So far. My, fa- my favorite part in the whole movie was when the zombie was behind the wheel and just drove away like that's totally normal. <laughs> yeah, like that's another thing that wasn't really followed up by that. And th- th- that's the thing is like he was never in the show again. Like he was just gone right. and like no one ever talked about him after that. Like, so I just wonder what happened to him. Stephen King's also a terrible actor. I just hope he's just like uh, living his own life now. You know, like oh, the just, zombie. Yeah. yeah, the zombie. Just like he's just you know, maybe just found Netflix. his like mark, like working on a farm or something, just kind of doing his own thing. <laughs> Could be. I, I would watch that. Um, <laughs> other than uh, this is the only really movie I've seen lately, but a couple of things toured through Pittsburgh. Um, the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast came through town uh it was good really good to see those guys in person and that was just a really fun show um and then also there's a mystery mystery science theater 3000 cheesy circus movie something tour but it's joel's like last tour like touring with all of this material and they actually they did a great movie with with uh jean-claude van damme called no retreat no surrender holy crap i need to find this movie for real Um, what what no retreat, no surrender is my all-time favorite martial. You gotta be fucking kidding me! No, 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 no! You know, you know, no. Hold on, hold on. I get to join. Of course, it is, guys, guys. You gotta understand. This is the third time this movie has come up for me this week. 
Like I had to, I had to school a whole barber shop. Oh, this is like a on, weird. Yeah, I had to school a whole barber shop thing going. on no retreat, no surrender. When the uh, it came up because the daughter of Bruce Lee was flipping out over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know. Oh and, yeah. And I'm like, well, where was your family when No Retreat, No Surrender came out? Like, <laughs> where, wherein the ghost of Bruce Lee teaches some white Holy kid shit. <laughs> how to fight Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> but it was Holy okay crap. because Jean-Claude Van Damme was an evil Russian, and he was like a, a, a like a blue-blooded American. So, like, no, Scotty, like, I grew up on No Retreat, No Surrender. It is one of my, it, it is, aside from Bloodsport, it is, like, my number one martial arts movie. I absolutely it's, adore. It's the I thought Van Damme is French, though. Like, how did he pull off a Russian accent? Oh, he barely says anything. Bro, bro, he, he was American and Street Fighter. He, it's the Iron That's Eagle true. of martial arts films. <laughs> You know, like no retreat, no surrender. Like, <laughs> oh, dude! Very easily, you I could sell. This. You could sell Iron Eagle and No Retreat, No Surrender as a two pack, and you would be in good company. Movie so good. That, I, I, I don't even remember. Like, what what was the context that you brought that up in, though, Scotty? The well, that was the movie that. So the the MST tour uh, with Joel, they were making fun of. It, it's a live riffing of a movie, and they also have bits in between, like they normally would in the show uh, with the puppets with the bots. Oh um, yes, I've they, seen that. I've seen. Yeah, I, they actually they had an Amazon episode of it. I've, I yeah. actually did watch it. Oh okay, so yeah, they said. I, I hope that they release a, their riffing of this movie because, and even more so for your sake, Chris, because this is this is one of the dumbest, greatest movies I've seen now. It's so good. Um, but the uh, they just make fun of like, never mind the fact that the random Asian guy that they get doesn't exactly look like Bruce Lee. But hey, they sort of tried. <laughs> doesn't exactly look like Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. Dude, That's put it like, this way. It's just like the funny racism. Is this the ghost of Bruce Lee? Jackie like, Chan looked more like, like a... Chun Lee than this guy looked like Bruce Lee. That's a fucking fact. <laughs> oh, Wait, God. so what did this it's visual special. look like? Is it like like a Jedi Force ghost type thing? No, it was just oh, a Chinese no. guy. <laughs> In a it's, black okay. suit, like just a Chinese guy. Oh, oh, so there's like no, so it, it, but it's a ghost, right? So, it's, but it's a person. It's, like there's no man. aura or anything. He physically manifests as like a, a Chinese man in a black suit, and it's Bruce Lee. And he walks around with a medallion like a too, like it's. Soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah. Patrick Swayze. Okay, I guess it's it's not like okay. he isn't glowing like Babe like Ruth in Sandlot. Glowing, or he's like translucent, or something. No, 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 no. no it, I want to see this movie now. Oh yeah, well, you know, welcome to my childhood. Like it's one of those <laughs> things where you're like, that movie was great, and then later on, you're like, yeah. So you know, you know, <laughs> it's okay. It's a problem. <laughs> I think next year for uh, too many games, we should watch that and do our own riff track on it. I'm down. There's, there's I'm always so down much for to that. say about that. I I could talk about it for days. It's uh, it was great. See, but that was good. It was a lot of fun seeing Joel uh in person, like the bots doing their thing. Um, they had little skits in between and everything too. It was really fun. They had this whole circus theme to it. Um, but it, it was really, it's it's just like what I needed after all the garbage I've been dealing with personally, along with all the technological difficulties I've had. Just that show and MST is so great, and that that movie is really something else and i really do hope that they release the rift version of that 
Um, so if it's if it's coming to your town, look up the MST3K Live Circus Tour and, and definitely go check that out. I think they just started it. So, um, but that's uh, that's pretty much everything that I watched. Oh, I did see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I don't have much to say about that really that hasn't already been said. I'd just like to mention if you ever get a chance to sit through No Retreat, No Surrender Two, Cynthia Rothrock. Oh God! So like, I'm just, <laughs> if you're a big Cynthia Rothrock fan, <laughs> No Retreat, No Surrender Two, that's your movie. I'm telling you. Nice. I'm gonna. I don't remember who she is, but I'll have to look that up. Maybe. I almost thought you were talking when you gave that motto. I thought you were talking about that Tim Allen movie with that same similar yeah. motto. Everyone never thought that up, in the theater who hadn't seen this movie. We're like, did they just rip off Galaxy Quest? No, they couldn't have. Or did Galaxy Quest rip this? <coughs> like, there was a lot of confusion. Well, Sketch, why don't you lead us into the next... Uh, what, what have you been... Uh... I've been watching Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Yeah. So, super fun. Uh, Simon I, I saw, like, the first couple episodes. Uh, my kids, being the assholes that they are, we were supposed to all watch it together. We watched two episodes, and then I have to go like do dad stuff. I come back, and they watch the whole goddamn series. <laughs> Assholes. Yeah. <Go. laughs> yeah, a lot of dad stuff this episode. Uh, yeah, it's super good. I'm not a... Look, I've never been a big fan of like the Tolkien style of, like, here's everything you need to know about the world before you start the story, because I always get confused. Like, for the first two episodes, I'm like, which fucking elf is the other elf? Like, I don't fucking know the elves. <laughs> So, uh, but you know, after four episodes, you're like, I know all the elves because they slowly start dying. Like, <laughs> it's super good though. Like, the the world building is really nice. Um, I would also say too, like, it has the proper blend of like good enough for kids, but also good enough for adults. You know, so maybe in some areas, I think the complaints have been like it's not adult enough, and I'm like, it's pretty out there, dude. Like, uh, Simon Pegg Simon plays. Pegg. The Chamberlain though, and that guy should yeah. deserves an Emmy. Like, like you would never even know it's Simon Pegg. Like, has he ever got an Emmy? I don't. No. I don't think so. But... Because he's done. Oh, God, Jesus! Like, what does he got to do to get one at this point? Yeah. So, um, I've been watching that, and then I've been watching the trailers for El Camino over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So, can't excited wait. for that. Yeah, cannot wait. So, okay, here's the thing. October 11th? We we watched. All of Breaking Bad. I, I we watched a, oh, boy. a few episodes of what was the series that came after that? Better Call Better, Soul. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. know, but we just we just kind of fell out of it, and we haven't watched. You've it. You've missed out on the best. It's show a on TV. commitment. Yeah, I will. Uh, no exaggeration. It is one of the best written things I've ever experienced. Ever. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Better Call Saul. Yeah. No, Breaking Bad. I, I like Better Call Saul, but I it didn't suck me in as much as Breaking Bad did. Granted, Breaking Bad took probably a solid season for me to then start watching like an episode every night on Netflix. But yeah, I, I agree with the Better Call Saul thing. I did watch the first season, and and I was hooked on it. But like for some reason, I don't know. Other things, other shows came up, and then when season three and four came out, I just wasn't like you know finding the time to do it. You're missing out. Like there are things on Better Call Saul that they do with zero dialogue that tells a complex story that I'm like, this is so fucking hard to do. Like, and you can't get to it without doing all those Breaking Bads. Like Breaking Bad is literally manic energy. It's like being on meth. Like there's just that schizophrenic mm-hmm. energy. But Better Call Saul has a totally different vibe and tone to it. And, and I, you, I finished it, but yeah, the stuff with him and his brother, I'm not going to put any spoilers in there if you guys are going to watch, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's really good stuff. 
Yeah, there's just so uh, many layers to it. I've watched it three or four times now, all the season over and over. Like, and every episode's a masterclass on storytelling. So, and El Camino's going to be completely different. Like, if this movie had come out, if this had come out to theaters, like through Sony or something like that, you know, every story point would be. First off, it wouldn't be called El Camino. Like, you know, like the fact that they're mm. calling it that just proves that. It'd be called like Breaking Bad the movie. It's the benefit. And then. Part didn't, two. Let me finish the sentence. It's the benefit of going to streaming versus theaters. Um, you don't have to commit to those the the shitty movie theater marketing. But mm. more to the point, if it were called the better the Breaking Bad movie, yeah. you know half the fucking people out there would be like, "Oh, so is it retelling the series as a movie?" And I don't, right. know, I don't really care for the series. I don't like it. It's just this might be the greatest streaming made for streaming movie yet. Like, yeah. of all time, right? Or maybe even ever. I don't know. Like, I'm super, super excited for it. And Aaron Paul's from Boise, where I live, so he put out a whole... They're doing this thing where they're doing a screening of it down here in downtown. But, like, they're hiding tickets downtown the day of the screening. So you gotta, like, run nice. downtown and fucking... Hysteria. <laughs> and so I immediately told my wife, I'm like, we're not going to that. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is good enough. Yeah, I am not treasure hunting downtown for movie tickets. Just that's where I draw the line. So yeah, and then that's also, cool that say it's happening though. And then lastly, I just want to say, um, there's a movie coming out middle next month, and I'll talk about it more as we get there. Called Gemini Man, where it's about oh, yeah. Will Smith and a younger Will Smith. It's made by Ang Lee. Uh, if you're a fan of visual <clears throat> effects, this right here is the best groundbreaking visual effect thing I've seen since Avatar for a completely different reason. It was shot in 3D, shot in 120 frame, high, high frame rate. I think the theatrical release is going to be 60. My buddy got to see the 120 and he was blown the fuck away. I've seen enough of it uh, through some friends to tell you that visually... This will be the one everyone goes, that's how you do de-aging. Like, that's how you do it. Uh, so, super looking forward to that. What's weird, though, is it's Will Smith. So he's already, like, de-aged all the, at the same time. Black It'd be crack, different if, right? if it was, that's, like, that's the whole someone thing. else. Because, like, Will Smith is, like, six years old, but he looks like he's 35. It's kind of a little weird. It's like de-aging Paul Rudd. You don't have to do much but remove the stubble. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about Dark Crystal for a minute. Um, Marson, did you see that our, our boy Rob did the um, did the uh, the documentary of Dark Crystal on Netflix? Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen him um, post stuff on it. Yeah. Have you watched it? Uh, no, I haven't actually. So good. So okay. So I met Rob. What's his last name, Marson? I don't remember, but it's it, Rob 2.0. Rob 2.0. Two. <laughs> we, we met him back at E3 a few years ago because he was with, uh, tell me his name, Marson. Uh, oh, Adam Scipione, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's with Adam. One for two. And <laughs> I don't know names. <laughs> I know faces. But they were, they were, um, they were at E3. They were doing some um, interviews and stuff for their Shinmu documentary. And he was telling me uh, about his He-Man documentary that he did, uh, which also just recently got released within the past year or so. Um, but I was super excited to see that like his company did the documentary for Dark Crystal. And I hadn't even finished Dark Crystal, uh, like I mentioned earlier, and my kids did. You know, I love them for that. 
but I did go back and watch the documentary just because I saw that that Rob had his company had did it. And man, really well done. He is such a a good documentary like storyteller. I, I really love his work. Really good job. And oh. it's not Rob; it's Randall Lobb. God so you just combine the two names. <laughs> uh... Marcy, you're supposed to help me out on that, dude. I just I just helped you out. <laughs> <laughs> like five minutes later, Randall Lobb. But no, no, those guys did a really good job with that. Um, if, so if you hadn't seen Dark Crystal, even if you do watch it, go back and watch the uh, the the documentary about it because they they talk a lot about um, kind of what it means to the Henson family to be able to come back and and do this, and also just like what. Kind of a it, it, it's it's a crazy thing that Netflix even ponied up the cash to be able to create an animatronic movie like Dark Crystal instead of just doing like something that's all CGI like the rest of Hollywood would do. You know, it's it's insane because this movie shouldn't be made today. Because if you look at like every the, the way that every other movie or series is made, they would just be like, oh, we'll just do CGI. But they just did. Oh no, no, we're going to do puppets the way it was originally meant to be. And we're I mean, that's how the new Star Wars movies are. Like they have a lot of animatronic stuff, and I think you know it's 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 a method that people appreciate with the actual you know effects, like physical effects instead of just CGI. You know, practical Prob- effects are things people like. And probably because if there's any series, and I'm going to get shit for this, but if there's any set of movies or things that have not aged well due to the effects and trying to cram the latest crap into it, it's the Star Wars movies. Yeah, that too. Like the CGI in the prequels is yeah, not aging well. <laughs> Forget the CGI, um, the completely green screen backgrounds of 2 and 3 where they didn't even shoot outside. They Right, yeah. You know, like you can't. Right, yeah, with Java and stuff. It's not CGI backgrounds. It's that they tried to emulate sunlight in a green, in a volume, in a green screen hangar. When I was like, why didn't you just go outside with the fucking green screens? Like, why? <laughs> you can't emulate that kind of light. Like, it really looks like a sci Did you guys ever see that Sci Fi Channel Dune series? Mm. From no. The 2000s? They look very similar because they used a lot of the same techniques and. That's the thing. Like when you look at Lisa Phantom Menace, they shot outside. Like they're out in the actual fucking desert. You're like, yeah, okay, they look like they're they, they smell. Uh, I think Phantom Menace looks better than the other two, and like yeah. on Blu-ray, it just looks even worse. It looks like they're on a green screen. Yeah. <clears throat> like in HD, it just looks bad. But yeah, is that it? It's Sketchcraft. We went and saw The Shining in 4K this past week. Oh, and, oh my God, man! I. I've, I've seen this movie a bunch of times over the years, but being able to see it in 4K in the theater, uh, thanks to Regal Theaters had it this past week. It was only five bucks in the theater. So I, I, I took uh, Jamie and uh, Caitlin and Elliot with us. And that movie is just so well done. Like, it's it's probably one of the, I mean, it, it is. It's It's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It's so good. Every shot, like, I mean, Kubrick is a master at, like, just visual storytelling and, like, every, like, the cinematography in that is just so well done. The audio, the music, goddamn, like, it's just being able to be in a theater and and experience it that way 
it, man, I, I, I don't know, dude. It's, it was amazing. Like that, that movie is so freaking good. I, I, I've been obsessed with it. Like ever since I went and saw it like thir- Wednesday or Thursday night, like I've just been going in and watching all these different YouTube videos. It's like, I love the theories about all so many aspects about the movie because there's just so much crazy shit <laughs> in it. You, know, you were telling us ending. about a lot of fan theories through the marathon too. You you seem all hooked on those fan theories. Oh, like I love fan theories. I, I, I get really hooked on that stuff, but man, um, the Shining is too is so good. If if you guys ever get a chance to go back and watch like a, a high definition showing of The Shining, please go do it because it's 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 really really good. So good. So that's, that's pretty much all I watch. What's that? Did you ever watch Room Two Three Seven? The documentary. <laughs> that's not a documentary. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard some really bad stuff about it. I'll tell you that. I've heard I got that all into a, it because it's supposed to be about this conspiracy theory about the movie, and like, there's different. Like, if you play it backwards, you can see different things. And I'm like, all right, this will be fun. And by the end, you're like, these motherfuckers wasted my entire fucking like. It's not. <laughs> it's not fun. It could. It should have been fun. It's not fun. <laughs> so you you should watch it. I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. I did I did uh, watch a video in which they mentioned about it, and they said it was not good. So, yeah, um, yeah, gotta but watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch it because that's the kind of person I am. So, uh, you know, little little this is pretty well known, but maybe you guys don't know. You do know that the uh, sequence in the original Blade Runner at the end, where did they? It goes to the really pretty version of Earth is from The Shining, right? Did not know that. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've watched the first one out. Room. So the original myself. cut of Blade Runner at the end, they have to go out to. They have to show like them leaving the city, and it's all like it's all beautiful. <laughs> Are you talking about the drive when they're driving away? Yeah, there's this whole sequence where like the which was flies. which was like a like a post thing, like after they screened it, like they found out that people weren't very happy with the movie, and so they I think that was like uh, something they did after, like a like a, a, a in post. Yeah, they, so, they had to go and reshoot that. So Ridley Scott <laughs> called up Kubrick and asked him if he had any unused footage from the Alaska shoot because the opening of Shining opens up with that flying through. The mountains of Alaska, <laughs> and that's all footage from The Shining. Yeah, that's great. Which is funny though, too, because uh, there's what, what? What's the um? What's the new um, sequel to The Shining coming out? It's like Doctor Doctor Sleep. Yeah, what do you guys yeah. think of that? Looks awesome. I don't. I Wait, don't is it know. A, is it a sequel to Kubrick's version of The Shining, or is it a sequel to? They blended. Uh, it. They blended it, so it's sort of both. Yeah. So King King because King in, of it, but it also ties into the movie. Yeah. Okay. Because in the the book version of like in in Stephen King's version, Halloran, who is uh uh the the chef in Shining, survived, which he did not in the movie. And so <laughs> I don't know if oh, he's going to be in the movie or not. So yeah, like there's this. I don't I don't know what they're taking you know as like kind of the inspiration for the movie if it's it, like the book or it's a blend the, of both it'll be the same yeah. kind of continuity that x-men films have used where you're like yeah i guess so that sort of happened but oh you gosh know. <laughs> <laughs> i'm boring yeah but look look like don't let that shit on the movie 
It, from all from what I've heard from friends that saw screenings of it, uh, very very good. So I'm excited. Awesome. I'm definitely. Yeah, gonna... I'll check it out. I'm curious. I, we did. We saw a trailer for it before chapter or it chapter two. So I'm down. It looks good. So, um, anyone else uh, watch anything that they want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I started watching uh, if you uh, the American Horror Story 1984. Uh, oh, I saw the first episode of that. Yeah, it's actually not bad. I mean, I feel like generally the 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 outline of American Horror Story is like good for the first few episodes, then it goes downhill from there. <laughs> Every season, like the past like Every three season. or four seasons, that's basically what it's been. Uh, you know, I'm betting it'll be good. So, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. And then Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood, because I actually didn't get a chance to watch that version. I only saw the original, so watching that too when I'm. It's my favorite uh, thing ever. That's a ever. good one. If, if you're wondering, yeah, if you're wondering, look, if you love genre and you love like Star Wars and Matrix or Lord of the Rings, stuff like that, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood manages to tell all that kind of story while keeping the focus on the relationship of two brothers. And and it's, it, it becomes quite gigantic towards the end. And the payoff mm-hmm. is amazing. The animation is amazing. The story is amazing. The acting is—I mean, I only listen to Japanese voice actors—is amazing. It's—it's it's a phenomenal triumph of of work. It's sixty-four episodes long, and and quite frankly, like this should be the 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 template for any like if they ever made uh, my dream is one day they'll actually adapt Nausicaa, uh, the manga, mm-hmm. into a series, and Brotherhood's the way to do it. Um, and the biggest, I mean, it, it's a colossal difference. The, the the original series, the manga wasn't done, and it went off on its own its own continuity, which I just do not agree with fundamentally at all. Uh, but Brotherhood is, I every uh, every I won't say every year, but every twelve to sixteen months or so, I bust that out and go right through, and it's it's phenomenal. So it's super awesome, Mars, and you're gonna love it. I've seen the yes. original series, so I don't know what the the you'll, differences you'll, in, in, this, in this one. Okay, so around the first twenty episodes, you're like, "Oh, this seems familiar," and then you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay." Like, uh, I don't really okay, because I'm reaching the point. Yeah, and I don't want to <laughs> say what that is, but you will. And then they're around episode twenty-seven. They only do a one recap episode, and I believe it's episode twenty-seven, and mm-hmm. it's Hohenheim sitting at a fire. So when you get there, you'll know that's the one. But what's gotcha. great about that recap episode is when I rewatch the series, if I don't feel like going through all 64, I'll start there. And what's amazing is it shifts. If you start there, it shifts the whole narrative of the protagonist to Hohenheim. And at mm. the end of the story, all that makes 100% sense. So okay. sometimes I watch it from the beginning because the first episode was created for the series and I go all the way through. Sometimes I start at episode 27. But when you get there, you'll see when he's at the at a fireplace talking you'll you'll know what i'm talking about so okay yeah yeah i would say the biggest thing like brotherhood's not as anime tropey as the no. first series and it just moves a lot quicker and i feel like the first um version of it kind of holds your hand more whereas the second one is like i don't know it moves at a better pace for adults i don't know if that's exactly what i want to say but i yeah brotherhood's better as a whole in my opinion as well and i just Ooh. did not think they could I was like, there's no way this sticks the landing. Like, it's just, it's just, cool. there's no way. There's no way. They, they can't, and they do it, and they give you, like, it's just the coolest 
I'm like, this is how you end a series. This is how you do it. You know, it, it's a master class. Like, it's it's amazing. Did you watch the movie that I think they also did? No, nah, it's tied to the original them? series. It's not tied to Brotherhood. Yeah, I think, aren't there two movies and they're both tied to the original? Yeah, because that I thought there was one that they. I thought there was one that they added um, for this one, too. But yeah, I guess it was the first one. And I'm just waiting for Haikyuu to come out. I was supposed to go see Promare. I had tickets to that, but I got sick. So I heard very good things about that. Yeah, I was mad because that's the first time I bought tickets to a movie and I didn't go. I'm like fucking 40 bucks out of my fucking ass pocket. So, um, But yeah, uh, Haikyuu Season 4 starting up in October. So if you're a fan of Haikyuu, then volleyball. That's an amazing series, too. But yeah. Full Metal Brother, man, Mars and I'm jealous. I wish I could re- re-experience that for the first time again. Yeah, our host died. Male or is Chris dead? I'm right here. I didn't realize that my mic was muted, so Blame I think it's children. time to get into Scotty's mail sack. Uh, it's always time for that. Ow, got it stuck. Okay, we're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so nobody likes us on Twitter. That's fine. We're going to hop into the Discord. Mr. Haru asked today, if you were put in charge of designing and releasing a perfectly emulated mini console for the Dreamcast with two controllers included and VMU screen for authenticity, what would you release on it? You can have access to the entire library and even do the thing the Genesis Mini did where changing language on the menu changes the versions of the game slash box arts. What would you do? And my answer is, uh, we just put everything that uh, we played in the Dreamcast Marathon. So go watch that, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Agree. <laughs> but no, uh, we'll go around. Uh, Chris, why don't you start us <laughs> off with what you think? Chris, unmute your mic. Oh, Chris died for good. Marson, what do you think? <laughs> I, mean, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with what you said, but minus maybe some. I don't know about the bust game, but um, oh, god damn it, you have to have Tokyo Bust Guide on there. <laughs> Tokyo Best Game is what it was called by the end of the by the end of the hour of that. But I agree. Like you know, the the the, the standard ones and the little more niche you know games you would put in there. But you know, the ones that everyone knows: Guys of Arcadia, Shenmue, Sonic Adventure One and Two. All that stuff, um, and and I'm curious to see how well it would actually sell, and I'm curious how well the Genesis Mini is selling right now. But I mean, it would essentially be all all the essentials, uh, half the size, and wireless controllers. I wouldn't have them wired, and, and maybe and even you, smaller. I feel like they're kind of bulky, hmm, right? <laughs> that would yeah, that controller is a weird beast, and I feel like. I don't know how you'd emulate that, you know? Yeah, I don't know how you'd emulate the VMU stuff unless you have just, I don't know. Like a built-in screen, I guess? I don't know. Something. Like something that just plays little fun pixelated stuff. uh, My my real part of the answer is just put stuff on there, like most of the Capcom library, because like all of that was tail end of the Dreamcast lifecycle, so it's all stupid expensive. And then put some crazy unique ones on there that no one can find anymore, like Ill Bleed or, you know, I don't even know, Pen Pen Triassalon, just some weird stuff that somehow fit Seaman on there. Um, you know, things that nobody can experience easily now because either of the weird accessories. That's the thing, too, is the Dreamcast had a lot of... It was trying to bring more of the arcade home and doing it with crazy accessories like the fishing rod and that microphone for Seaman. Uh, and um, I don't even know what else. Some of the staples like virtual on you could put on there, but no one would have fun playing it with the controller. All right. 
So it's a hard thing to to grapple, really. No pun intended. What do you think, Sketchcraft? Uh, well, I would ship with some mini versions of the fishing poles so people can experience pole caliber. Like I would Hell specifically yeah. <laughs> put in instructions on how to play. Tie-in. Yeah, I think that's a little gem of an idea that most people don't know about. And then um, I still have my DCX import CD for my Dreamcast, so I still crank open Fire Pro Wrestling D. Um, oh, okay. It would be nice to get some kind of English translation for that, so you don't have to play with the manual. But it would also be nice if it did ship with like a 300-page manual and make you fucking play uh, Fire Pro Wrestling D. But that, that Fire Pro Wrestling D is pretty awesome. Um, Berserk would be a game on there that was pretty dope back in the day. Um, that's I mean, look, obviously games like Skies of Arcadia, everyone's going to pick those. But there's some uh, hidden gems on the Dreamcast that I, most people... Uh, have have overlooked in some ways like i I don't really see don't, um uh well i mean i don't know it'd be kind of novel kind to of, have the first guilty gear you know so yeah that would be cool oh i just yeah that's the thing though I like stuff that all that shit back in the yeah day, oh. you know? <laughs> like, right it cost me such a pretty penny i won't even begin to lie uh toy commander is an commander. awesome little hell yeah gem a four-player Toy Commander fun. Um, it'd be nice to get that with net support, too. Yeah, that, too. Like, do all this stuff with online, even Fantasy Star, hell, whatever. Uh, I To add to this question, since the consoles, the minis out now have two controllers, do you think this would have... Do you think this would come with four controllers? I mean, the business business guy in me says, oh, hell no. It's going to come with one controller. You have to buy all the other ones, all three or something. Oh, I've been thinking about this for a while in terms of the Nintendo 64 mini. Right. Like, they like maybe this is one of the reasons why that hasn't come out yet is they have to they would have to make extra controllers, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to ship with four controllers and there's no way you get a Nintendo 64 mini and not have four player support. Like that that makes no sense. Same but with definitely just make you buy two additional ones like the Switch. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, here's four for you know included with the low, low price. You gotta buy four yeah, you got to buy four consoles. <laughs> you just I throw away your money. three other consoles. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you get four controllers is yeah. you got to buy two more consoles or four more. But well, yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Is also one of the, wasn't Res originally on the Dreamcast too? Yeah, that was another, um, I think in the UK and Japan only. I know the US didn't get a legit copy of that. Yeah, if you do a Dreamcast Mini, I say put Res on there just to have pure... pure I, don't, I don't think a lot of people actually experience that game. So There were a couple games that were all but shipped, like ready to go, like Half-Life 2. Um, you can get a version of that that you can play on your Dreamcast. Like, it would be fun if they did, I don't know how they'd work something with a Valve or whatever, but throw as the unreleased game that basically could have been on there, like Star Fox 2 was on the SNES Mini and stuff, maybe throw Half-Life 2 on there somehow. This is all pie-in-the-sky stuff, but yeah. Yeah, Blue Stinger is another one of those, you know. Yeah, I feel like it had... I feel like a, a good bit of the Dreamcast, like the launch lineup is sort of synonymous with that system, so I feel like they'd pretty much have the launch games on there, aside from like a couple of the racing games, because there were like... Of the 19 games or whatever that released in the U.S., like five of them were racing games, so I don't know that all those would be on there. Um, Did you ever play yeah, the UFC much. games? Those were pretty good. I've I've heard good things, especially for like how they were the first of their kind. But I didn't. I haven't played any of those. Yeah, we used to play those all the time back when I was in the army. So 
The UFC games. If you're in a Tito Ortiz and Randy Couture, yeah, those yeah. games. I was bummed because it wasn't like the original UFC where I'm like, I want one guy to do the snake martial arts and the other guy to do the. <laughs> like they had they had balanced the jujitsu out on that game, so it was more. Okay. It was a little bit. It was like the second generation of yeah. like UFC. Yeah, I do like some of that like unfair that. original UFC where guys would go in there thinking they can do some dumb form of martial arts, and then they got their asses. <laughs> two seconds. There'd be a boxer with literally one boxing glove on, and he thought that that was going to be somehow like a, a competitive uh, like way to go into a, a real fight. So wear one boxing glove on one hand. That actually sure. happened. Um, you might have missed the portion we asked, Chris. Do you think they'd ship it with four controllers or just two and make you buy like five more or just buy one, whatever? What do you it think? It would be one. Yep. <laughs> the only way to no sell way you get four more. Four controllers. I think you'd buy consoles, three more. Yeah, consoles. now that I think about the the mini, the Genesis Mini, the Mega Gen is um, they have in Japan they're selling little fake cartridges. I think what they would do is sell little fake VMUs and just have nothing in the controller, like not even a screen, and right. then sell little little dinky yeah. VMUs that don't actually do anything. I don't understand why buy. people are buying this fucking shit. Like, what? What is? It looks cool. We like to have stuff because we're stupid. Yeah. Why do people buy anything, really? I, I don't know. Maybe it's because like I'm I'm getting older now and I realize like this is just stupid shit that we're buying. Like I I saw this <laughs> and I'm like pedal. You're, you are the last no, guy. No, you have a Harry Potter closet. <laughs> there is, no, 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 no. Because yeah, I was gonna the say, things that are in my Harry Potter closet serve a function. They can do something. This just these there. like Tower of Power are just pieces of plastic that can do nothing. Like they, there's no purpose that they serve. There's not a function that they can do. It's just a piece of plastic that looks pretty. Like I, I have the actual real tower of power that can play 32 X games and can play Sega CD games. I have all that. Chris, both my the model one toys, and the model two. My hot toys Mysterio isn't really Mysterio. You understand that, right? You can't <laughs> really fight Spider Man and create illusions, like. <laughs> but. Can my real 32X and Sega CD play real 32X but games? But it doesn't and take CD the games. footprint. People just want to collect the consoles and put them on their shelves in a nice little micro form, like like micro machines. You don't and you pay know, like 150 dollars really... along the way. Huh? And if that's if that's what they do want to do, that's fine. That's I mean that's fine. I just I don't see it. I don't know. I guess at this point think... in my life, all I'm saying is that like I I'm I've let go of the need to buy plastic and put it on a shelf to display. Like it's, <laughs> you have a Harry Potter closet full of plastic. <laughs> that part also contain electronics that can, <laughs> it's never getting used. It's just going to sit there. <laughs> Chris is uh Chris. I think you're arguing with yourself from two years ago. No, no, no. You know what it is? The, what's is in my closet found... are actual video game consoles. Chris hasn't found and... a way to convince his wife of letting him get us stuff. So he has to get angry at it. So he doesn't. I could buy <laughs> it if I wanted to. You know what? <laughs> in, in, as a matter of fact, I actually canceled my pre order for the, the Genesis Mini. How about that? The, because you, guys, you have uh, enough consoles. Right. <laughs> but you them. guys were giving me shit about it like months ago about like I would buy any clone console. At this point, like I, it was just it, I, I pre-ordered it, and then I was like, you know what? Like, there's no point in getting this system 
already have the game freak or whatever it's Wait. called. I have, I have the retro freak, yeah. And Back you have the polymega, right? So. <clears throat> and the polymega. I am yeah. the polymega. Oh, I, I, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I gave in and I didn't get that one thing. Ah, whatever. You know, hey, we're, look. we were given. I want to clarify. I didn't support you canceling your Genesis Mini. I don't think any of us did because I, I the Genesis Mini has forty-two <laughs> games on it. The last thing that you bought, the the um, the Mega SG, that has two games on it, and it was over a hundred dollars. <laughs> Here's the difference, though, is that that was a um, for one, that was a Genesis game that had never been released before, and. That the 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 analog SG has better emulation than any other clone system will ever have because it's like an FPG emulation, it's hardware emulation, whereas all the other shit is like software emulation. So that is going to play it way better and more accurately than any of the other consoles that have ever been released. So I figured I'd get it, but this new, I I, I like the look of it, but I don't feel the need to have it at this point because i own all these other ones you know i'm just busting your balls because i'm on the same page as you but i already got this thing and i'll buy whatever sega officially releases in terms of these because now we know they're going to be good i'm I'm glad they're good because i i knew once they said that m2 was doing it i knew it was going to be uh high quality i knew that they were going to do it right and i'm i'm glad that they did i just I'll probably pick one up at some point. I just don't need it right now. Like I know I, if if I had it, I would not play it because I have means to do it already. You know, I have my retro freak and everything else. I just don't need it. Yeah. And I don't need this ridiculous tower of power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so, you need Marie Kondo in your house. <laughs> I wish I did. On so, the other side, I am anxiously looking forward to getting in my TMNT cabinet from Arcade 1-Up as soon as I go on sale. Oh, no. You know what's okay. funny is, is everyone's Speaking like... Speaking of things they, we don't need. They went on sale, Rob, and, and they sold out. I'm like, fuck you, there isn't one on eBay. They never went on sale. Like, I don't believe that. So uh, they will appear, and I will own one. And look, as for, oh, things we don't need, let me let me tell you something. I need to come okay, to my room. Okay, let me, let me hear this. I go to work. I need to come into my room and remind myself why the fuck it is I'm doing all this. <laughs> what am I sitting in my room living my life for? And when I see those, like that arcade cabinet, you know, and the Star Wars arcade cabinet, that 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 means that's it. That's why it's those things that inspired me. And then they come in here. It's not because they play 800 games or two games I could care less. You know, it's being able to actually put a tangible piece of my childhood without shoving a... 500 pound arcade unit in my actual uh house you know <laughs> that would be ridiculous but i've always wanted to own the star wars arcade and the tmnt arcade so uh, that's going in there everything else whatever everything else. the only one i would ever consider would ever... getting other than that is if they made the red box neo geo as an arcade one up with that four like the multiple games on the top that you could flip through that would be awesome that's the one arcade system that I actually really do want. And I don't, I don't even, I, I just need like a, like a, you know, one or two slot Neo Geo cabinet because they make the, uh, the cartridges that have like almost all the games on them. So you can just put that one cartridge slot in one of the slots and you have pretty much all the Neo Geo arcade games. So that's what I want eventually. And if, if I could have that, that is the one, arcade cabinet that i 
I could have in my home and I wouldn't need anything else. Like I, I really, really, I, I've been looking for one of those for probably the past five years. The red box. I wouldn't want the Japanese version. Yeah. The red and black one. Yeah. Yeah. Which the uh, Neo Geo guys seem to be lost on when we question them why they don't have that. <laughs> well, yeah, the, they're the, out their the, own the things, Neo though. Geo mini, the, it's, it's blue, white, and black. It's the, the the one that they came out with with here, but they've they've also released in like two or three different color variations or more than that now. Um, and they're I don't know if you guys saw like this past uh, last few weeks they um, announced that they're actually coming out with like an arcade stick for the Neo Geo Mini. Did you guys yep. see that? Somehow it has games on it, but it somehow also plays through the mini or something. So yeah, I don't know. I didn't know that it has games installed in it. That's pretty crazy. I believe so. I don't know what they're doing, but that that means that red box is probably gonna be a ways off unless someone can convince Neo Geo to or SNK to do something, play together nicely somehow. Whoever has the rights to whatever. Hmm. Interesting. So that was a good discussion about the Dreamcast. Thank you, Mr. Haru. Um and then TJ Kitsune asks, what's the worst thing you've ever had on a pizza? Chris, we'll worst try to start thing. with you again. <laughs> Chris, what have your kids thrown on your pizza and made you eat? Um, probably the worst thing I've ever seen was Odin. He swears by this, and I don't get it. He likes to get a cheese pizza and lather it in ketchup. And he will eat the shit out of it. In the it's blood of the specific victims, so gross to me. Which is isn't that isn't that weird when you really think about it? When, um, you, when you see it in in practice, it looks weird. But all it is is like tomato paste and tomato underneath and anyway. tomato on top. Yeah, if anything, he's made a tomato sandwich. Yeah. And it, it, there's already the tomato milk. on it, but it just seems weird when you put ketchup on it on on a pizza. Put just, hot sauce it, on a pizza. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the weirdest. Other than anchovies, like when I when I when I worked at uh, a Pizza Hut, like in high school, I don't mind anchovies either. <laughs> there was a dude that ordered anchovies one time in the like the six months that I worked there. Some dumbass ordered anchovies, and it stunk up the entire restaurant the rest of the night. It smelled like oh. just dry, salty fish, She's and cute. everyone was pissed off the rest of the night. No one was and I kept telling Chris to close his legs. <laughs> and I didn't. That I've never had anchovies yet. I do right. want to try that someday. Um I think for me, uh the biggest regret was I put buffalo chicken dip on a pizza. Um and it tasted great, but I immediately regret it because everything burned afterwards. <laughs> uh but yeah, my and, answer is there's yeah. no nothing, no bad thing on a pizza so far. Everything I've had tastes pretty good. Are you pro pineapple form. on a pizza, Marson? Like if if there were other options, it'd be lower on my list of things. But I would still eat it. Like on your pizza total okay. exactly. Do you do you like a uh, Hawaiian pizza? Yeah, I mean, yeah, pineapple, ham. It's good. Anchovies is great. Chicken, jalapeno, onions, great. Pepperoni, all of it. <laughs> broccoli? Pizza is good. Yeah, broccoli, even all of it. Okay. Yeah, I think also um, I'll defend Odin because he's going to become one of those guys who puts ketchup on everything. So he won't even think twice before <laughs> the ketchup's on the pizza. So it's not totally weird. That's like people dipping everything in ranch, too. So, you know, um, I'm sure somebody thought it was weird when they saw somebody dip 
a slice of pizza and ranch or Italian dressing. Or I something. started this thing in in elementary school where you do you remember like the weird rectangular like uh like cardboard pizza you'd get in elementary school? The French bread pizza? It it wasn't French bread. It was just like this yeah. flat like cheese pizza that you get. It was just like this yeah. weird glaze. I started this thing where we would put um, sour cream and onion potato chips on it, and okay, and people would just crush it up on there, like crush the potato chips on top and eat that. And everyone like really liked it. In my school and it became this thing that everyone just did. And anytime we had cheese pizza for lunch, everyone would start getting like the sour cream and potato chips and and crush it up and and layer it on top. And then eat it like that way. So, and then everyone joined the air force with Chris too. Not so much, <laughs> but oh. but that was a, a thing that happened back in Texas. There's nothing <laughs> like adding a little carbs to your carbs to make it better, right? When you're <laughs> you know eight years old, you're not really counting your carbs. Oh, probably not. Sketchcraft, you got anything crazy you throw on your pizza? Not really. Uh, my friend growing up in the 90s, he was the one guy who would put ranch dressing and sunflower seeds on his fucking pizza, and I would just watch that. Sunflower white, seeds? White white ranch just trip down his face, and I was just like, you filthy bastard. Would, <laughs> would the sunflower seeds still be, uh, would they still be in their shells, or would they be out of the shells? Out of the shells, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense because that would be such a hassle trying to eat that uh, the other way. And he kind of looked like an Ewok, so people used to call him Ewok. And I'd be like, just watching <laughs> okay. Ewoks eat ranch dressing on pizza, and I just shake my head like, I don't know how you. Oh, I have to see this guy's how does face. Someone kind of look like an Ewok. Yeah. Well, he kind of looks like do an Ewok. <laughs> he doesn't have the fur. I think he. But, yeah, know. I think he pretty much already painted a perfect picture. I can picture this guy eating this crap now. Yeah, yeah he would eat it like you would imagine an Ewok would. So. uh... I would say this about pineapple pizza. I, I discovered this in the mid '90s after I worked at Pizza Hut. Pineapple on pizza pineapple works really pizza. good if you load it with either jalapenos or something spicy to counteract the sweetness of the pineapple. I, I, I will agree with you on that sketch because yeah. jalapenos and pineapple is legit. Yeah. So that yeah. when people go oh, pineapple pizza sucks, I'm like, yeah. But if you pair it with something spicy, spicy. you got yourself a sweet and spicy. It's almost you know like an Asian style. It's it's amazing. It's really quite good. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I second all that. And go to a CC's pizza if those are around. Whoever's listening to this, wherever you are, they might still be around. They put a lot of crazy, or not crazy crap, but just everything. Like there's a mac and cheese pizza. There's whatever else. So the the CC's pizza, the Mexican pizza is really legit at cc's but um what's weird is that i I don't like pineapple that much out like on its own i just find it too sweet but when it's on a pizza i actually prefer it more than by itself if if that makes any sense do you put cheese on a pineapple i probably would (laughs) i I wouldn't i wouldn't Uh now he's got you um, so, okay, we got a, a lot more out of that than I thought we would. Um, <laughs> Seriously, I, mean, I thought well, it was going to be like a one-word answer. I just wanted to really quickly about the pizza thing, um, about the ketchup. So I had Iranian pizza a few times. Um, there's Whoa. a really great spot out in in, uh, in L.A., actually. There's a little, like, a uh, little Iranian, uh, I don't want to say like a village, but, you know, like like a little community. 
um, near Calabasas. Uh, when we were out at E3, I went there, guys, but before you guys showed up. I was there a little early. And what they do is they cook their pizza with no sauce. Um, it's just the toppings and the cheese on the on the crust. And then they put down different dressings. One of them's like a tomato ketchup-y kind of thing, and you squirt that on top of that and eat it that way. So that's actually not uh, unheard of. It's, that's how they eat it. It's uh, quite good. Hmm. Live and that's kind of like deep dish, isn't it? You put the sauce on top, like Detroit style. Yeah, similar to that, but yeah. So we got a bunch of questions about the Shenmue Three trial, but I feel like we're going to answer those as we talk about it. So I'm going to skip mm. uh, Ichabod stuff for the moment and hop down to Tornado Jones asking. With October just a few days away, um, October's probably happened by the time you guys listen to this, but what horror films have you seen or wish you could see on the big screen? I really wish I could have seen the original Halloween in theaters when it debuted in 78, or Alien, especially the chestburster scene when it debuted in 79, or even Day of the Dead when it came out in 85, purely to see the initial reactions of everyone in the theaters. <clears throat> so he's asking not so much like how Chris mentioned he saw The Shining recently, but more so if you could be around when like those were the new movies, like oh, seeing them and okay. being around people's reactions. Yeah. Cause a lot of movie or a lot of uh, theaters now and now and again, more so even the bigger ones, rather than just the single screens, will have like a, a John Carpenter month or something. And they'll start playing, you know, the thing or something. Um, so you're not going to get, mm. you know, new reactions to that, if that makes sense. So that's, yeah. so he's asking like a movie that you could have been in when it debuted in the theaters or you could have been in the theater, not in the movie, but you know, I feel like I have a perfect movie. Oh, uh, well I'll go and then you can go. Mine will be pretty quick. No, no, it's, it's cool. Uh, so yeah, alien is actually a good one. I would, I would definitely see that. I would, and uh nightmare on Elm street is one. If I <laughs> was alive <laughs> uh, I, and, and I was old enough to see it in theaters, uh, I would definitely want to see, Nightmare on Elm Street during its initial run. So, why? What? What was it about Nightmare that you you'd want to see? I think it's like one of the first horror movies I saw as a kid, so it just scarred me <laughs> for a while. <laughs> like I was like I was legitimately afraid to go to sleep when I saw it as a kid, oh, and like awesome. I would I would flip through like channels and it was like on Spanguli or something, and then we paused on it because I was like intrigued by it. But yeah, like it, it was just fucking frightening. So. And then just that makeup, you know, the, the the concept is unique. All of it was really good. Very nice. Hell yeah. We didn't Chris? have Svengoolie back in uh, in Texas and stuff. So I grew up on Elvira, um, Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah, and, I did. And, and, and those uh, fellas. But I'm I'm slowly learning about Svengoolie, uh these days. So I, I'm, I'm growing to appreciate him, Marson. Yeah, you know, the whole coffin and the rubber chickens. <laughs> but uh, Elvira, I, I did remember seeing that too, um, and also Crypt Keeper, maybe. Oh, with uh, Tales of the Crypt. Yeah, he kind of. I mean, he wasn't really introducing movies. He was just the host of that show, and they had their own stories. But yeah, I would say the the one movie that I, I really, really wish, and I, I think about this a lot actually, because I'm I, I love horror movies so much. But the one movie that I wish that I could go back in time and watch, like when it originally aired, was uh, the original Exorcist. Because oh yeah, because I, I hear all these stories from people who watched it back then and talk about like how scary it was and like how just 
kind of innovative and and just like no one had seen anything as graphic and as horrific as that ever before and it like really 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 fucked with people and scared people if you watch it now seeing all the stuff that we've seen like i feel like we're kind of desensitized to it and it's not as scary i actually watched it with uh my kids last week um and it's still it still holds up really well it's still a really good movie if you let yourself get into it it's a it's still a very scary movie but it's it's just not as it's not as impactful as as i think it would have been if you watched it in theaters for the first time way back in the day and i would love to see that um you know like when it originally aired back in the day yeah i that's a good point i will say for me alien for sure um and maybe friday the 13th cuz the first one had that twist at the end, I think it would be cool. I'm because I'm sure there were a lot of people in the movie theater that were just like, What? You know, mm-hmm. um, because Jason's barely in it, and uh, but definitely Alien because that's one of my favorite series of things. And I can't, I can think of other movies, but they're not horror movies, so we'll stick with those for um, horror movies. And then I'll just mention again my experience with the movie The Descent, seeing that by myself and driving home by myself with the theatrical release ending of the girl being in the passenger seat at the end of the movie. It was the longest drive home of my life with the dome light on, with the windows down, with <laughs> yelling music to myself. Oh, boy. But, um, yeah, probably Alien, Friday the 13th. Um, what do you think, Sketch? Uh, if it's a horror movie, it gets Jaws. That freaked Ooh. the fuck out of people. You know, the first Night yeah. of the Living Dead would be an interesting one because I think people vomited in theaters. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe. I forgot about Night. That would have been a cool movie to see in the uh, in, in the drive-in back in the day, mm. too. If it was any movie, though, like if it was just any movie in history, I would like to go to the Hollywood premiere of Citizen Kane because it was completely removed from theaters afterward. <laughs> oh, neat. Yeah, Hearst fucking... Hearst went after that film like a vengeance. But that that night would have been it just to watch everyone see. I mean, the things that... Things that you know, when, when movies like these the days movie. are panned, I didn't like this movie. It wasn't that great. Everyone thought it was great. It wasn't so good. Gotta remember, Citizen Kane didn't get its its due till 30 years after it came out. You know? Right. It, was, it literally took 30 years for people to appreciate what was done in that film. So... Uh, whatever you think of a movie you see now, or you think this is overrated or it's not that good or no, 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 no. Just understand people 20 years from now are going to see it in a completely different light. You know, like, and I always think about that. Like when I see a movie today that I'm like, that was a pretty amazing piece of work. No one seems to care. I wonder if that'll be the one 20 years from now people, you know, yeah. really appreciate it. So, um, but yeah, I would love to go to that Orson Welles. I mean, that opening premiere for me, that would be the thing to do. But if it was just to watch an audience reaction, I mean, Jaws, right? Like that. Yeah, I think so. Out. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll second Marson having nightmares about something. The first Alien gave me way too young and was afraid of the dark after that movie. So good for me. Oh. Um, that's uh, since the other questions are pretty much about Shenmue Three. We'll get to those in a second, but that's going to pretty much do it for the mail sack. All right. Well, we might as well get into this weekend game news. And the biggest news, like we've been alluding to, is the Shinmu 3 game trial. 
Uh, and I think, Marcin, you're the only one of us who's actually been able to play this uh, <clears throat> trial. So talk us through this. Like, what what happened, I guess, on, was it Friday or Saturday, you, you got the, the email from uh, WiseNet? Uh, so it was an email from, yeah, it was an email from the Kickstarter. Uh, we saw the Kickstarter update that said it was coming this weekend, and but I, did, I, I assumed they meant like Saturday or Sunday, but then I saw on my news feed people saying, oh, I'm playing Shenmue 3. I'm like, wait, what? When did you get the code? Like, I... Um, so yeah, I checked my inbox, got the code, downloaded it, and then, you know, popped it in. Um, but the, the game, the, the, the demo is essentially, you know, a small portion of Bayou Village and it's, I'm pretty sure it's the same demo that people who went to E3 experience because the, the mini games, the, the training portion, uh, the dojo, all that stuff is in this, this version of the game. So you're not really allowed to go beyond a certain point. So, you know, if you get to a certain area, he turns around, he says you should, he, you should ask more people um, and whatnot. So, you know, you just really kind of spend time just getting used to, you know, the controls, uh, you know, the, the, the user interface and all that. And um, honestly, like, I think I agree with, with uh, who say it feels like a Shenmue game. It, it does, you know, for better or for worse. Objectively, it feels like a Shenmue game. It's like if you took the first two games and then you put it through an Unreal Engine 4 uh, machine, <laughs> uh, it, it still feels like a Shenmue game with, you know, upgraded visuals and, you know, it obviously smoother, you know, walking mechanics and all that stuff. Um, is Again, <laughs> like Shenmue. <laughs> um, Brianna Nickabaka does a great job um, voicing Shenhua. Corey Marshall still sounds like Ryo, so he's he's got some new lines. So it's not all he still does say I see, and he there is some you know dialogue like that. But does he has he some sound other... different. Like, does he sound older or does he? Oh. No, he sounds the same. Actually, I think he does a good job trying to maintain that same tone. Okay, honestly. Um, you know the villagers. You know they're, they're. You know the things they say. It's you know it's similar in style and essence as the first two games. Okay. Um, but I, I feel like it might turn off some people. You know who are looking objectively, or objectively, and also not experiencing the other two games. People who are kind of used to growing up with you know Uncharted Four and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so people who, who, who didn't grow up playing the, this series. Right. Uh, I, I feel like, you, you know, there are people who will enjoy the game, you know, who, who kind of appreciate that kind of stuff for sure. But it's definitely not appealing to a, a broader audience. So for better or for worse, <laughs> it definitely feels like a Shenmue game. Mm. But uh, I, I definitely agree that uh, it, it, I, I enjoy it. You know, like I think it plays... Like, I don't know what to expect going into it. I don't know what I wanted out of the game. I don't know what I was expecting. But, you know, what I got was something I definitely enjoyed. And so it tell us about the demo, though. Me. Like, what are, what are we doing here? And why isn't it called What's Shenmue 3? That's such a big miss for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kind of play on it. But so you start off 
uh, on a bridge. You talk with Shenhua. She goes off into the village. Um, the goal of this game is you have to find a bookie with a scar on his face. So if you guys don't know what a bookie is, it's like it's basically one of the people who run like a lucky hit stand or one of the gambling stands. So you're trying to find this guy. The scar on his face, they don't really exactly what happened. I think they might have been like a a gang that, you know, jumped them or something, and he's trying to find, you know, more information about these guys. But um, the primary reason for this demo was definitely just to try out the gameplay. But, yeah, so that's the goal. Once you reach it, the demo ends. But, you know, between that and then, you know, when you start, you have the opportunity to train. You can go to a dojo and fight some guys, um, you know, hone your moves, play all the mini games you've seen in the previous, you know, articles that we've posted. So the turtle racing, the, you know, dice rolling, the uh, lucky hit games, all that's in there. Um, and then, you know, exploring and all that kind of stuff is in there too. You kind of got a chance to, you know, um, try out, you know, the stamina system. Uh, the, when you zoom into items, there is a man there's like a camera it's almost like a camera uh like lens type uh, reticle you know so like when you zoom in it's not just into an object there's a clear like user ux reticle mm-hmm. uh, and when you highlight an item it highlights red there's like a red circle highlighting over it some people might be turned off by that but like I mentioned in my impression thing, I think it's included in there because you can now collect herbs in the fields too. So like, it'd be kind of hard to find these herbs, you know, in the field if you didn't have some way of highlighting them. Um, so that, that's definitely one of the new things. The map seems pretty good to use the herbs to like, what would you use the herbs for? I think that combining that and then all the food you can purchase like as well. style. There's a stamina section. There's a stamina bar. So anytime you fight, anytime you run, you have a stamina meter and it goes down. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't go down quickly, but you know, when you keep playing and fighting, it goes down, you have to replenish your stamina meter. But does it like slow go up on its own or do you have to actually like Oh you have to items? eat eat the stuff. I, I didn't actually uh, try just standing still. And and seeing if it goes up, but because I was just constantly running and then talking and fighting with people. Uh, but it's fairly easy to get food if you go into a fight. Stamina. It actually says uh, your stamina is too low. You have to, you know, uh, eat something before you can fight. So then it immediately takes you to the menu to fill up on whatever you have in there. If it's like a banana, pineapple, or whatever it is. So what if you didn't have anything? Like what would it do? I mean, I don't know, because, like, you're, you basically start off, you start the game off with, <laughs> like, seven pineapples. Go get some more bananas pineapples. before you can fight this guy. Possibly. I mean, you probably go to a store and buy food or, you know, find Pharmacy. it through a, uh, you know, in the fields or whatever it is. I think you might have to. Uh, I didn't I didn't try that. Um, because, oh, like, you, you're, you're filled with so many. You have, like, 60 or whatever it is. If there's yeah. anything I know about Rio, he's always got bananas on him. <laughs> bananas on the mind um and the the uh inventory you have the key items from the first two games so you have the pictures and the scrolls and you know the, the toy capsules uh the toy capsules also you they're uh highlighted so you can see like what you're missing 
kind of good. Uh, the skills and the fighting mechanics, grapples and throws are not in the game. So I think he also mentioned this previously uh, in a previous Kickstarter update or in an interview where he basically said, I think it was like a tight budget or something, but the way they created the, the um, strictly strikes. So like any grapples or throws are non-existent. It's all punches and kicks. Um, but no throws or grapple grapple moves in the game. Hmm. I always had trouble with those, so that is fine with me. And yeah, you have the opportunity to uh, assign, I think, a move or two to like the triggers. So if there's like one you don't know how to do properly, like tr- the tornado kicks in there, so like you can assign it to the right trigger, and he'll just automatically do it. Uh, training's uh, pretty cool. You let level up your moves pretty quickly too. Um, but then once you master it to like level 10, there's like a second tier and then it starts again and gets harder. Like when I try the horse stance thing, uh, which I think builds up your stamina, like the levels were going up pretty quickly, you know, but like then it hits tier two and then the line thins out, you know, it gets harder to train. So I enjoyed that, that, that portion as well. That's cool. Now to kind of go back. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, that's it. (laughs) What was Um, your question? Well, we got a bunch of questions from Ichabod Brain on uh, the Discord, but going back before we get too far from the stamina thing. So, I mean, he did you just have, like, an abundance of fruit that you could eat? Because I'm wondering if, like, you would have to uh, watch your money and actually it would actually matter how much money you have now that you'd have to go buy stuff and, like, consistently have money to buy food to keep your stamina. St- your stamina. I, your stamina. I think... I think you're right. I mean, I th- I think they preloaded your game, your inventory with these things. Once you actually get the real game, I don't think the food will be there automatically. Could be wrong, but um, yeah, I think okay, uh, you're gonna need to buy them or find them. You know, forage through the trees or whatever, um, right? To buy your food. But yeah, the stamina thing is going to be, I think it's going to be controversial. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, if people are going to like it or not like it, because I know when in Breath of the Wild and in Skyward Sword, he has the stamina meter. Just now, just think of it as a matter of fact thing, and it's not that big of a deal. It's just part of the game. But I think there's going to be an initial reaction to the stamina meter for people who play this game. But it'll get yeah, used to I it eventually. So. um but yeah but i honestly uh it does feel like a shenmue game but i think like those additions are interesting and i mean honestly necessary i guess to kind of advance it and change it in a way where it's it's not identical to you know the previous two games um you know the moving is smoother it's not tank controls you can do 360 degree camera you know movement you know the running is smooth the 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 environments are beautiful looking. I think the characters, Rob might have mentioned this. They, some of them do look like they're like um, resources from when you you know create games on Unreal Engine. It's like ones that you know you get from like a prepackaged or something. Some of the faces. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, like when they talk and the way they move, it's like similar in style to the first two games, but you know in HD in Unreal Engine. So when people say it feels like Shenmue, it, it Shenmue except in Unreal Engine 
four or three, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, the environments are beautiful. When it rains, you can see the reflection off his jacket. But I mean, all these things people take for granted. So, you know, it feels weird just kind of explaining that kind of stuff when it's just kind of matter of fact in any other AAA title. Um, right on. Um, I guess we can kind of go through some of the questions that Ichabod Brain had for us here. Yeah. Um, and we've already answered some of them, so I'll go through ones that we have not kind of touched on yet. Um, he, Well, you sort of answered this, but what are your thoughts on the system? So I think he means the stamina, um, probably also just the... Is that the only like big difference in terms of how the game functions in general? Like the stamina thing is something that affects you directly? Mm, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, the skill books... And the way I think you, the way you train, I mean, that's another big thing. In the first two games, if you, like, let's say Shenmue 1, for example, you're training your moves, you go into, like, a, a parking lot and you keep doing it. There's no real, like, indication that you're progressing truly. This game, you, it, you really know, like, when they level up, when you're getting better, you have, um, I think you focus on in terms of, like, increasing your level, that stamina, um, endurance, and I think there's Kung Fu. I don't know, but it, it seems like a very broad thing. It's just like your overall strength, you know? Um, mm, so okay. th- there's like real meters that you can actually see. So some might even feel like first two games were like a Shenmue experience, and then, you know, I've seen other people also describe it in this way. Like it feels more of like adding more RPG elements, like as if it was a Virtua Fire RPG um, you can also change his clothes. You can change he looks in the game. So you can buy different clothes for him. Um, and the options menu, you, you can take off his jacket and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. But, like, hey, he's got to change his jacket at, at, and shirt and underwear at some point, right? <laughs> he's been wearing the same <laughs> pair of jeans for 14 years. You can change his clothes. I'm pretty sure you will be able to control Shenhua at a certain point, so you'll be able to, like, switch back and forth between the characters. Probably Ren, too. I think that's oh, going to be a thing as well, so... Hell yeah, I want to play as Ren. There's, it definitely feels like they're going to include that in the game, because honestly, like, all the details that they've given, it's, it's still been pretty limited in terms of, like, what you're going to experience and see. So, uh, another question... Definitely that... that. Another question that Ichabod Brain has, what are your thoughts on the world building? So I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what he means by that, because I don't know if you really touched on, unless he means the, the story. He means like the, the environment, yeah, because like the story, they, they created a demo in a way where it's not giving away the storyline at all, in terms of, because the, the game is, is going to take place immediately after the second game, so you're still in the cave. Right. It doesn't start off in the cave, you're already in the village, and it's just like a, a part that's kind of not integral to the main story so like you're finding a guy with a scar on his face it's like finding you know charlie with the guy with a tattoo on his arm you know like it's just a small portion if you take it out of context it doesn't really matter um but i mean in terms of the environment and the world i mean it looks beautiful it's just as detailed as the as the other games you can open the drawers and you can see all the different things that are in there so you can zoom in and explore like the other two games and i i was i was worried that they were going to sacrifice the detail um for more of like a feel of i don't even know um maybe skyrim or something where it's just kind of, they're like the world is big but you know the detail of all the items and stuff is it's it's not as focused 
you know, I was worried it wasn't going to be as focused as, as, as the first two games, but that is not true. <laughs> it's definitely detailed and there's a lot that they put into that. Well, that's good. Um, he also asked, you kind of started to touch on it, but I think he started talking about something else. Um, were you able to get the skill book pawn exchange working? He says he could not. What is he talking about exactly? Uh, skill book pawns. I think he's talking about the, like the move sets and the skills. So you can, you can, uh, collect, I think it might've even been the herbs too. So capsule toys and herbs, you can trade in for like skill books. Skill books are, is the scroll. I don't know why they're calling it a skill book, but you know, like, um, a new move, like mud spider or whatever it is. I don't think that was actually available to people. It, it, It was, it was kind of uh grayed out. So a better answer than he could so but you could you could see it it's just not accessible okay interesting um and then he also asks have you asks have you seen the leaks such as the ost the soundtrack and the hacking of the trial to find models and break the border boundary at all Mm, no i've heard about the soundtrack leaks someone someone made like a joke and like one of the comments of it said oh yeah one of it says like rio uh, underscore revenge underscore stopped or something, but he was just kidding. Oh gosh! Well, a major spoiler, but that wasn't real. Um, I haven't I haven't seen it though. And then the music, uh, there are some new songs. I think there were there were some that were from the original games. So it's just weird also hearing it in like high definition. You know, like because <laughs> when when you hear them, when you hear the conversations with people in the first two games. Even in the HD version, seems sounds muted and kind of drowned out. Very right. compressed, right? Now it's just it's you know it's weird. It's it's clear and HD and all that stuff. So, <laughs> which you know people take for granted, and it's it's a, it's a regular thing in every game now. But yeah, yeah it's just do. weird hearing that in a Shenmue game. I mean, that's cool though. It's I mm. do you do you feel like there's anything that they could have done that would immediately turn you away from this game? Like uh, for example, myself, I'm gonna have a hard time getting past that stamina thing unless it's just not a big deal. But if it's something, if it's something that really blocks me from progressing to the point where it's like, okay, now I have to go play Lucky Hit. Now I have money. Now I have to buy five bananas. Now I can go do this next chapter. You know, like, right, is there anything right. you feel like they, they could do to completely turn you off from this game? Uh, that's kind of hard because uh, honestly, I don't think so. Uh, um, I mean, like, I'll admit that my words, the game, but you know, if I'm looking at it from an objective perspective, like I mentioned earlier, I could see why some people would be turned off by you know the if you didn't like the first two games you're probably not going to like this one let's just say right 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 you know um there's nothing here that will convert you into a believer if you didn't like the first two games i'll i'll say that for sure um which i think is fine i don't mean to cut you off but like i would be more worried if they tried to make this more accessible because when you try to make something so accessible then i've it, there's a fine line between making something accessible and just dumbing it down to the point that it's so generic it's not its own thing anymore, you know? I agree, and I wouldn't want him to sacrifice his, like, vision just to kind of please the masses, so... Right. That's a double-edged sword because, you know, if they don't sell enough copies, then there might not be a fourth game, and he he wants to make a fourth game, so... But at the same time, I wouldn't want him to... 
make things and changes and additions just to kind of go with other people's, you know, views on what a good RPG game is. Right. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think the stamina thing will be as in your face as you think it will be. It didn't like. It wasn't like. It didn't seem like a terrible thing, honestly. Like it's also like a really quick thing you can just take care of. Like it's, you know, you hit the menu button, you just press X a bunch of times on whatever the food that you're eating, you're full, and then you exit. It's like a pretty smooth UX too. Um, it's not hard. You don't have to jump through like a bajillion menus. That's good. I don't know. Yeah, that could have been a deal breaker, I guess, more so how streamlined that process is. So, Mm -hmm. it sounds like all good things. Um, Chris, do you have any questions for Marson? Uh, No, I'm 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 just really looking forward to getting my hands on this game. Um, And it it sounds like this is a a game that I'm I'm really wanting to play. So, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be good. I mean, yeah, if you no. guys like the first two games and you're in it for the story and all that stuff, it's exactly. it's going to be a similar, you know, experience, but in HD with better graphics. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that's so. the thing. It's like, I'm so much more excited for this after playing the first two, or I, I should say I've, I've already played the first one, but like with our Sideshow podcast, we got through the second game and I'm much more into this series now and very much understand more so just the passion behind all of this to the point that I wish, I kind of wish I did a different tier on the Kickstarter rather than just the physical PS4 game, but I'm still, I'm okay with this and I'm, I'm excited. It's coming out and excited that the demo, I, I think I'm more excited that the demo got released rather than just the demo is good. Cause there was a lot of fear behind no demo releasing before yeah. the game was out. So, and I mentioned earlier, I was like, they're not, they're not going to do a demo. Cause like they never even brought it up at all, you know, since they announced it, you know, there was no mention of it until September. Right. Now, you know, so I think all, good yeah, things. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I'm definitely looking forward to playing the full game and, uh, review it when i'm done playing it for sure hell yeah and i think we're gonna try to stream it um you know i've mentioned the streaming issues but we're gonna maybe try to get somebody to play through it a little bit so we can get a give everyone a visual taste of it as well but regardless it's continuing the hype train definitely uh let's move on to the next bit of news um it's the sega genesis mini has finally been released so Obviously, we already discussed the fact that I don't have it. Uh, Scotty, are you the only one out of all three of us who actually owns this now? Well, maybe, but you hear that? That's a click of the power button. That's the the Mm. reset button. You hear that? That's the cartridge input closing. They put a lot of fucking detail into this little beautiful thing. Is that cartridge uh, slot actually, is it functional, though? Oh, shut the fuck up. No, it's not. You know it's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not no but they can you know you can get the, get those little fake cartridges that they made in japan to go with your fake tower power and put them in there but it's the fact that it opens up the headphone um knob it's the model one for anyone that doesn't know the headphone volume knob works to it works in terms of it moves but there's not a headphone jack so just the detail is amazing it's crazy i but, haven't gotten a chance to actually uh get my hands on one so um, I do. I I think I I will actually play it. But like I like the other thing. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I've already played all these, you know, before. Um, just not in high definition. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, that's the biggest thing. To throw is, down is worth it. 
Yeah, I the price. Okay, let's put it this way: the the Super Nintendo Mini it has a great selection of games on there. I'm not going to argue that. But it was also eighty dollars. It comes with twenty one games. The Genesis Mini is eighty dollars, and it comes with forty two games. Yeah. So, um, shit, I don't have, oh yes, I do have the box on the back, um, right behind me. Let me grab that real quick. Um, but the, the controllers it comes with, come with are good, uh, aside from the D pad issues I was having, but like the fact that, um, Tetris and Darius are on here, Tetris, I believe was only a master system release or something like not easily acquirable in the U S I can't remember if it was not released in the U S someone's screaming into the abyss right now at how wrong I am. <laughs> um, but things like, Contra Hardcore, which is an $80 game on its own now. Um, they do have some Disney titles on there. Castle of Illusion, World of Illusion. I'm a little bummed they didn't put Quackshot on, because that's like the game I think of when I think of a Disney game on the Genesis that I played growing up. Yeah. Um, but Landstalker, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, Shining Force, um, the, let's see here, one of the uh, Super Fantasy Zone, um, th- one of the Thunder Force games. Like Some of these are harder to find the legit cartridge of. And then even if you do, you've got to get converters and upscalers and everything. So a big turn on of this, in my opinion, is the fact that you can play these games in HD, not have to get upscalers and not put them not, or buy a tube TV like a crazy person like most of the Megavision staff are. That's I'm including myself in that. Oh, Castlevania Bloodlines is on there too, Beyond Oasis. Like, it's got a good set of stuff. My only, and this is going to sound weird coming from me, but my only solid complaint is there are, other than Road Rash, which is awesome, it's got Road Rash 2 on there. That was the first game that I played on it. Um, there's not many racing games or any sports games on here, unless you count Road Rash as a racing game and a sports game. Um, and a lot of people, what they remember of the Genesis was like all the sports games that you had on there. So... It's a good little thing. It's got an awesome little look to it. The controllers are very detailed as well. Uh, I'm probably going to be a psychopath and get the Tower of Power somehow someday for this. <laughs> so, but that's, yeah. And Chris is going to continue to talk himself out of buying it and think that he doesn't need it at all. And that's fine, because I got it, but I he'll also buy don't have it any eventually. Yeah, he'll get it eventually. When I it also gets, don't have... The price gets slashed. Yeah, I don't have any of those things that play um, Genesis games. I don't have any of the Retrons or any of the uh, um, the Mega SG I'd like to get, uh, but that's just not something in the foreseeable future. So this little thing is really cool. The detail they put into it, the marketing they did for it is hilarious and great too. Uh, between like uh, Genesis Mini does or whatever it was, I forget now. Um, but they had that whole campaign uh, it's a good way to celebrate the 30th anniversary, and the um, the Japanese one has different. The Japanese one has different games on it. I might get that too someday because I'm crazy, but it's stuff that I'll never be able to play otherwise. You know, unless I want to hunt for stuff and plunk down crazy amounts of money. Um, I can see them doing a second version of this or a second wave because there are so many games on here that have sequels that are not on here. Like it is weird to me that they did Road Rash two instead of three. Because 3 is such a big upgrade from that game. Um, But other stuff hints at them maybe not doing another model because Fantasy Star 4 was the Fantasy Star they put on here, which a lot of people say is the best out of like the old school ones. Um, But also, though, there's only Golden Axe 1. There's only Streets of Rage 2 on here. Um, 
So, oh, Mega Man Wily Wars is another thing that's hard to come by. Light Crusader is another thing that's hard to come by. Uh, so, yeah. There isn't it like a, a store or anything like that where you can buy new games as they come out? Or is it just strictly these what? are the games on there? There's nothing that, like, nothing that I encountered where we turned it on that said, like, firmware updated or anything crazy like that. Yeah. I don't know that it, it has any way to connect to the internet. I'm also not keeping up with how people are hacking it and if there's anything on the insides that lets you, like, update or download things to the console uh, that Sega put in there legitimately. Right. So I'm not really sure how, if they're going to um, update it, per se. I Honestly, if this is successful, then I hope they just release the Dreamcast version. <laughs> oh, whoops, you both ta- spoke at the same time. What'd you say, Morrison? Uh... I I just said if it if this is successful, I'd rather them not release a new model. I would just hope they release a Dreamcast Mini. <laughs> I hope of... they go to the Saturn next because I feel like um, if this is weird and this is not the best example of it, but I wear my Sega Saturn shirt as much as I can outside. And when I go to like rock shows or even like over the weekend at that MST thing, someone was like, "Oh, nice shirt!" Like a Sega Saturn shirt. So I mm-hmm. think it's it's kind of leaking into the consciousness more of the nerds that are bringing it to the forefront and like with the poly mega coming up i feel like they could do a saturn but that would take the probably the most work um Mm. but at the same time they wouldn't have to get a lot of licensing maybe because a lot of the first party things on the saturn that haven't been re-released it's like I, i would hope that sega still has the rights to it like even the panzer dragoon or whatever even though that remake's coming out but i i do i mean i yeah uh, probably, you know, uh, one-sided on this, but I would love to see a Dreamcast thing, but I would also like to see a Saturn uh, Mini first. I agree. I, I just, it's just the thing like that that I already <laughs> said or was worried about with the Saturn is like it's, it might be too niche for like the broader audience, but... Oh, yeah. That's me being hypocritical because Shenmue is pretty niche too, so... That's what we thought, yeah. I mean, I thought that, and this is, I'm going to keep talking about it, I guess. I thought that Mystery Science Theater was super niche, but then the Kickstarter for the 12th season broke records and, like, was crazy successful. Um, So, yeah, maybe, I mean, I I feel like overall, and this is just a very general statement, that a lot of Sega stuff is becoming more uh, widely accepted, and it's in the whole nostalgia wave, and, like, Sega... They know how to market things a lot of times, but not all the times. But I feel like their marketing is helping it too, like Sonic Mania and stuff and everything. So, who knows? Yeah, maybe like you said, Morrison, maybe the Saturn's not as niche as we thought think it is now. Yeah, maybe it's just me being in my own bubble, not understanding the community at large. But yeah, Chris, yeah, what, so. what were you saying? You, I kind of cut you off there. I don't remember. <laughs> he was just trying to think about why he doesn't need this console again, but he's still going to buy it anyway eventually. All right. Yeah. Uh, if it ever, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe yeah. it was going to be something about that. I saw something that it was already getting hacked over the weekend. That might have been it. Um, oh yeah. Is there anything going on with those? I mean, I'm sure it is, but I think it's it's basically like the early days of it already being hacked. So. I, I won't be surprised if here in the next few months, if all of the whole Genesis library will be available to, to you know, like to be loaded onto it. I mean, obviously it will be compatible with all of the, the, the ROMs, you know, but I don't know how much memory it has like built into the system. And since it doesn't have any sort of, um, 
expandable memory slots or anything like that, you we are going to be uh, like limited to whatever like onboard memory that the system has. So I don't know what that is, but um, it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be some uh, some some developments that are going to be happening with the next few weeks or months. Yeah, so we'll I'm see. sure. I don't. I couldn't find. I tried to Google it real quick, and I couldn't find anything. All I found was this one dude video playing um, Art of Fighting with a PS1 Mini controller plugged into the Genesis. So I think he's done some stuff to sort of hack it, but by that um, he just means he can use different controllers with it. So that's not really hacking. So good job with your clickbait, dude. You got me. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Nothing comes up right away with the hacking thing, but who knows? I think Chris too. I'll bring it to Magfest, and once you hold the mini in your hands, you'll be like, "Ah, shit! I do need to get one." Yeah. Of these. It does look adorable. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, we've got it. It's the first console after the PS4 because the PS4 in in our house here it's kind of the multimedia station. Um, but the the mini is sitting down on the entertainment center now as well because it's it just looks cool. It looks cool and so tiny next to the big HD TV. But it's good to have that down there because I also have my tower of power up here in the game room. So it's nice to have the mini sit down in the main TV uh, main TV room. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's a purely um, oh shit my my mind just went blank blank not Blake. Uh, that's a purely shallow reason to own the mini to have it look good in front of your TV. But yeah, <laughs> blends with my furniture. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, if anything, my last two cents support this because everyone is bitching about they didn't do, they got to do the Dreamcast. They didn't do the set. Where's the Game Gear mini, you stupid idiots? Like if you want those to happen, buy this. The only way you can make your dreams come true is by giving Sega money. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Exactly. Oh, yes, they need it. <laughs> you don't need right, food. So- you don't need a new car. Buy a mini. Exactly. <laughs> a mini Cooper. Mm. There's well, my next YouTube video playing the mini in my mini. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the last bit of news uh, that we have for this week is there were some rumors that uh, Forever Entertainment, the company who is currently developing the Panzer Dragoon. Uh, HD remakes is also taking on House of the Dead 1 and 2 and uh, bringing those to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, there was a Polish website that came out with this news earlier in the week um, and it's going to be having uh, updated graphics, some some new gameplay uh, and uh, and stuff. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think House of the Dead 1 and 2 would kind of uh translate well to the switch what do you guys think i mean Probably. yeah uh yeah. i i'm just kind of um <laughs> i don't know there's so many remakes and remasters it's just i feel like it's i mean it's just part of the the zeitgeist now of like where everything is with movies and games and all that stuff so hey bring on another you know remake remaster um cool like i'm but i'm not like overly ecstatic that they're you know, creating new versions of it. Um, but you know what? If they could reach a new audience with it and they can make more money, you know, from House of the Dead, then why not? <laughs> Let them do yeah. it. But yeah. Um, I'm in their Discord. Uh, I jumped into it since the Panzer Dragoon remake was announced. Um, 
And throughout it, they haven't really confirmed or denied anything regarding House of the Dead remakes, so I don't know. The rumors yeah, the uh, PR moves. They're not going to confirm or deny because they didn't officially announce it, so... It could be a good fit because if they're doing Panzer Dragoon, if they're working on, you know, remaking a Saturn game, let's just keep going through the motions and remake some more Saturn games. The first House of the yeah. Dead was on there. Exactly. So, um, I think it could work on the Switch um, because it has a touchscreen and House of the Dead. Uh, was it Overkill that was on iPhones or it was on mobile phones? I think that worked pretty well. You just tap on the screen and shit. Yeah. Um, so that worked all right, I think. I, I'm. I'm excited for anything like this because House of the Dead is one of my favorite series because I've always enjoyed the virtual cop games, uh, virtual cop games and anything with a light con, really. Um, the the gun con or whatever the hell it's called, like gun con gun. Yeah. So I hope it happens. It'd be cool. Put it on other stuff. Uh, what was the last time we got a House of the Dead besides Overkill? They did the PS4. Um, I think you can play the PS3 version of three and four or something on it is that right i don't sure. know i think that's right um because i remember i won a contest uh with sega i wrote a poem about zombies and i got a free move controller when they put out the house of the dead three and four or something on the psn and then i traded that move controller in <laughs> how dare you <laughs> i don't have anything i'm gonna gift. use that they, okay look I traded it in after I tried playing Heavy Rain with the Move controller, and that was rough. So I was like, well, did what I needed to. How dare you? Oh, whatever. Right. Go buy a mini. <laughs> that's going to do it uh, for the news uh, this week. I think that's going to wrap things up uh, for this week's podcast. Uh, Scotty, do we have any big uh, live stream stuff going on this week that you want to touch on? Uh, well, we're going to start with the Halloween stuff. Um, so thanks to me, Cor- uh, Tornado Jones is very happy to play Ill Bleed. So he's going to start playing that unless something horrible happens. He's going to start playing through Ill Bleed. Um, previously, Yakuza was the Tuesday night game. Uh, he's replacing that with Ill Bleed. And I'm going to do my best to try to help him co-pilot that because it's a difficult game to get through without a guide or without having played it at least once. I don't think he's done more than like maybe the first or second level on his own. We'll see, though. Uh, it's a great game. Um, I mentioned Tuesday or Thursday Night Throwdowns is still going to be happening. Uh, I do not recall or playing this week, but just keep an eye on the socials and you'll see what's going on. Um, the social media stuff. Uh, I will still be on those. I'll still be present throughout Twitch and uh, gradually getting my setup rectified. I have some things I can try to troubleshoot. But um, going back to the marathon, though, again, if for some reason you're listening to this and you're in a black hole for all of September, we beat our $500 goal to raise money through Extra Life for the Pittsburgh's Children's Hospital, and we smashed it and got all the way up to just over $1,250. So that is incredible. Um, yeah thank you so much to everyone that watched donated viewed hopped in for five minutes hopped in for five hours uh shout outs again to mikhail who won the sega dreamcast console and a copy of sonic adventure and crazy taxi um we gave out some issues to people along with those dust sleeves uh and it was all a great time uh in my eyes I've, i've hosted this thing for six or seven years this was the most successful and best one that we've done uh it was just a lot of fun having the crew there bringing Graham all the way over from the UK. 
uh, just insanity everywhere. And it was great smashing goal after goal. Um, but reason I'm saying all that is you can go onto our YouTube page now and see the playlist of everything. Uh, and there is also, I would say two things. I'm not expecting everyone to jump on there and watch the whole 24 hours, but two things, take a look at our clips montage thing not montage our clips collection that uh, tornado jones threw together um we have some thank yous in there but also there were 52 clips taken from the whole 24 hours so that's nuts um thank you again for that guys but that that compilation of clips is pretty good it's about 12 minutes long check it out if there's any hour i would say to check out though tokyo bus guide is one <laughs> that you have to watch um, because everyone was into it bunch of different conversations were going on um, but yeah, go, there'll be links in the description for our YouTube for those playlists and things and the clips things and maybe even the Tokyo Bus Guide specific marathon. Sonic Shuffle was another good one to watch. Um, do you guys have any recommendations like if they if people want to go back and check out just a taste rather than watching all 24 hours? My okay, personal favorite was one of the basketball. Uh, was it NBA Shootout? Uh, Showtime. Showtime. That one is nuts. Chris gets I, super competitive with the sports games. <laughs> I, I didn't realize I got that so that that competitive, but I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I I was super excited to play that game. Um, you know, like uh, Crazy Taxi was a lot of fun. Like Graham told us that you could play Crazy Taxi with the fishing controller, and we didn't believe him. We're like, right. I don't think you can. And then he did it, and we just like lost our minds. Like when it happened, yep. it was so funny. I think that was one. That was one of my favorite moments. Um, and that and I Paul Caliber is good really with the fishing well. rod. Yeah, the clips have that too. They have the crazy taxi moments, but there's there's tons of stuff to watch. Um, Marson, were you starting to say one? I said Paul Caliber. <laughs> nice. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Paul Caliber. We play Soul Caliber with the fishing rod controllers, uh, and with dinosaur masks on and. Just good stuff all around. So that's that's my plug. I mean, it's it was great because we we started our stream game strong uh, going into it with our donations and everything. And everybody was kind of used to our Twitch stuff. So we're going to just keep going. We played some Dreamcast games um, through September. Uh, but, you know, to all the new followers, welcome. Um, keep an eye on our social media for when we're streaming. Definitely. And if you want to subscribe uh, to Megavision Magazine, remember, you can go to patreon.com slash megavisions. And when you're there, you can choose between a physical print or digital issue of the magazine. Uh, you can also go to megavisionsmag.com and you can get uh, back issues of the magazine as well. Uh, we still have issues uh, eight available. Uh, I think we're all sold out of issue seven. Uh, so if you want to uh, catch up on uh, the the last issue of the magazine, you can go ahead and buy that. We ship worldwide, uh, and we will uh, be releasing issue nine here in the next uh, few weeks. Like we're like we said earlier in the episode, we're working on that right now, and we're getting very very close to finishing it up, and it will be releasing here very very soon. Very excited about that. So I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. If I could, I'll piggyback just because we're talking about Halloween stuff. I'm sorry. Um, The Megavision Sideshow is a patron-only podcast, and we're starting our Halloween stuff, guys. So uh, this month we're going to be watching and talking about Monster Squad, Splatterhouse 3, and the House of the Dead movies. So if you want to keep up with that, patrons only, but watch and play that stuff to follow along. That's right. All right, that's going to do it for this week. We will see you later whole lot of goblins. <laughs>
Something's happening across our land. Lawmen don't want to talk about it, and the government denies it exists. There is one man with the guts to stand up and investigate this craziness. They took his badge, but they won't take his balls. It's me! We're Gilly, bitches! Whole lot of goblins running around, fucking shit up, messing up the town. Whole lot of goblins running around, messing shit up, fucking up my town. Whole lot of goblins, whole lot of goblins. Door. Whole lot of goblins, whole lot of goblins. In my living room floor. Whole lot of goblins, breaking my mustache. Oh my god, whole lot of goblins, breaking my mind away. Whole lot of goblins, whole lot of goblins, busting my house. Whole lot of goblins, let's throw my car. Whole lot of goblins, run down the highway too fast. Whole lot of goblins, don't even have to see that on. Whole lot of goblins, they don't care. Whole lot of goblins, whole lot of goblins, gotta go down. Whole lot of goblins, we're gonna whole lot of goblins. Whole lot of goblins. Break my shit! 